Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. Are you ready now? Oh, I'm sure this is math. Tom? <laughs> Robert? Yeah. Well, all right, fellas. Well, let's go! How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? So, here's the deal. You know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super Auto geeks. Pilot is All on. the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. Tesla. You don't even have Tesla. Yep. I remember that. You've got a Model X. seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. So, armed toddlers, 21. 21 have killed other Americans, and that's just by playing with guns. Playing with guns. What year is this, Robert? This, this is, is now. averaged over the last 10 years. Yeah, but and reported this week. Islamic jihadist immigrants. How many Americans do they kill on average per year? Two. Thank you. I don't need really to say too much more. There was a great, also a great story on NPR. I know since Elon is still on the president's advisory panel and Elon spoke out against the indiscriminate banning of folks from other countries because so many come to the United States aspiring to be engineers and scientists. Uh, The NPR, uh, and there's a link here to the story, uh, talked with a New York Times reporter who's based in Erbil, uh, Iraq. And this woman had been investigating for the past months who actually uh, takes out Westerners, right? So this is from... Europe and the United States, looking into how these folks became, uh, you know, terrorists or mechanisms for terrorism. And it was fascinating. There's a very few examples of any of the uh, terrorists coming directly from Syria, Iraq, hardened terrorists. Those are like the only example really is the Paris nightclub attack where these guys actually migrated across Europe to kill people. Mostly uh, it's people who've been assisted by far. Uh, by from afar. So in other words, somebody's kind of been uh, recruited over the internet. They've been given, uh, you know, an inspiration to go out and kill people. And ISIS actually works to get arms, in other words, bullets, bombs, automobiles to them in their setting without any personal contact. And it's a great, there's a great example in this uh, NPR piece. So I am, think this is important because of lots of reasons, because Donald is a very dangerous man and so is his group. Um, and I'm sorry if you're a Donald supporter. Um, there are people who support the Donald for the right reasons, like maybe he will bring us jobs. But uh, just remember that 40,000 people a year are killed by cars in the United States. 40,000. If we want to save as many American lives as possible, we need to move forward with full autonomy that is very safe. 40,000. If you're worried about your kids being shot by extremists, fine. But you should be far more. You should be approximately a thousand times more worried. No, more than that. Yeah, it's a uh, thousand times. Two hundred thousand times. Two million times oh, more. Toddlers. You should be so much more worried about your kid getting in a car because that is really effing dangerous. And by the very definition of this, the very definition of the word terrorism, right? Is to get us to stop living our lives as free people. They don't like that we're open. They don't like that we're accepting. They use terrorism to scare us, and it's working because you're scared. 
So uh, our job is to just help, uh, as with everybody else, with non-fake news, how about some facts up in this thing? So there are your facts. Cars kill 40,000 Americans per year, many thousands of times more than any of this crap that you hear on TV. So um, I want to talk about the, the app, all right? I want to talk about the app because I had to do this thing. Talk about your first world problems. Yes. I uh, wanted to go change the uh, amount of charge that was going to go into my car, Tom. And we're in Southern California, and you yeah. know very well living here, Tom, that the weather can be extreme. It was probably <laughs> 58 degrees outside and drizzling. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was terrible. 58 and drizzling. And I had to go out to my car. You couldn't have someone walk you out holding an umbrella over your head? Ta- no, he doesn't own an umbrella. I had to go out to my car to physically open the car to change the slider on how much the car was going to be charged, and I couldn't do it on my app. And I thought to myself, wasn't there supposed to be a gigantic app update? You couldn't do it on your new app, Where your old the- app. I couldn't do it on my old app. Can I do it on my new app, Robert, who's yes. got the new app open in front of him? Yes, I, I have. Yeah, you can definitely change it on the Although new app. Although it's not super intuitive could, again. I'm sorry to say, Mel, you could also have changed it on the old app. Well, what was I doing? I, uh, maybe you to, it's not intuitive. It's not in the right spot. Right. Okay, maybe so. I mean, if you hit the I, charging and it just shows you the charge status, it's not there. You have to actually physically hit another button to get into charging and then the slider works you know what i love one of the things i love most about this app i know there isn't much that has changed is there anything well let's stop for a second there is a brand new app beautiful interface very nice it came out just like two days ago if you haven't seen it because i didn't see it and robert goes hey mel there's a new app i'm like whoa so it is beautiful and clean and lovely looking but what does it do differently? I, I love the app because when somebody says, oh, you have a Tesla, can I see your car? If you're not near your car, you can actually show them your car on the Tesla app. That is, if you haven't you know, wrapped it in tiger stripe car wrap or changed the wheels to some funky new wheel. But if you have a stock car, this shows your exact car. Same wheels, same color, same roof, everything. Right, but if the three of us went... All three of us would show a picture of a white Tesla. Are you saying it actually the shows the trim level? Yes. Because <gasps> I looked at it, I'm like, that looks exactly like my car. And it, it turns is. out yes. it looks exactly like my car for a reason. <laughs> and, and if you go under controls, what I really like is the valet mode. Can I talk about this? Please. Can go. we not get digress? No, let's not digress. Let's talk about valet mode. So uh, everybody, has, everybody has uh, noted that the app has not changed. It's just the inner, it's just the look of the app has yes. changed. But actually, they did add the ability for you to place your car in valet mode, which I really, really like because there are multiple times a month where I will leave my car with a valet because it was very rushed. I got to some place. There was no parking. I needed to go. And... Boom, that's my choice. I have to leave it in valet mode or I have to leave it with the valet. But then later I'm thinking, oh, man, I should have locked it. I have some things in the glove box that I don't want anybody to get or the frunk because valet mode will make the frunk and the glove box inaccessible unless you have the four digit pin to unlock valet mode. It also limits the top speed and the acceleration of the car. It's really great. And so this is a wonderful addition. I really look forward to the further updates and the further additions, such as now that we know when superchargers are more full or less full, I would like to have more complex trip planning opportunity on the app. Yeah, we talked about the app uh, weeks ago about all of the functionality we'd like to see, and we asked uh, the Talking Tesla universe. So uh, the Twitterverse has been enraged by this update. 
everybody pissing and moaning saying, oh, it looks pretty, but it doesn't really do much, anything new. And people are angry. And I'm just, I agree with you. I'm like, come on, this app, get busy. So it is prettier, but there is so much functionality we want. I'm hoping, I'm thinking this is an update prior to a much bigger update when we get the 8.1 a software update, then you'll see lots of new functionality. I'm hoping I'm giving them the chance. So let me walk back. One statement I made, it does look exactly like your car on the first screen. But when you go to something like the climate, it does not show your interior. It shows this like top-down view of the car. I'd like to know if somebody's sitting in my car. It won't tell me that. But it does have a nice like up, you know, downward view representation of your car when you want to turn on the air conditioning or heat. You get that in the car as well when you're doing uh, some stuff in the car, like when you open up the sliding moonroof thing. And it's so good. The animation is so good. I expect to see my bald head, but it's, it's <laughs> I was not actually a video of my head. Massively underwhelmed by it. But the only thing that I thought was an improvement, this is the improvement that affects me more than anything, Go. is when you open it, it'll give you the address of where the car is without having to wait for the location. It just constantly updates the last. Although I'll be honest with you right now. Uh, oh, it just recent. It wasn't set. When I open it, it's but a now, bummer now when it, yeah. uh, you drop the car off at Valet and then you check the location <laughs> and it's 58 miles away. And then you look at the, <laughs> the inside the driver cam, right? And it's Ferris Bueller's driving your car. Mm, no. And it's doing 180. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be an interesting addition to the app, right? Like once there's heads up display cameras inside the car facing the driver, you could see who's, who's driving your car. Mm. Right, that would be interesting. So, um, we're hoping, please, please, please update this app. Make it better. Make it lovelier. There's so much functionality that uh, we could have in there that we don't have. Now, you talked about the frunk, the ability to lock the frunk. And I found a little article here, which actually is from Car Throttle, I believe it was, which is a video of some young lads showing you how to um, break open the frunk. So they go on this video and they bulls S on for a long time. But then they get to the part where you basically just take like a screwdriver to the tow hitch on the front of the car. You pop off this plastic thing that's over the top of it, and then there's just two little tabs, and you pull down, and the frunk opens up. This is on the X. Is it not on the S? The I'm, S is in a different spot. I'm unaware of a effing frunk release tab on the S. I'm it's under curious. the. Apparently, it's under. It's in the wheel well. Same thing because it has to. They have to be able to get to the. It's for the emergency responders. They have to get to uh, the cutoff of the electricity so they can rescue. That's the what. That's why this exists. So some kid is locked in there and somebody's lost their keys or something. And they're like, I'm an no, it's like, they, they're like you know, the car was in an accident. First responders show up there. Maybe they may be afraid that there's some sort of electrical damage, right? That's happening. They want the, if you open the front, there's a thing in the X in the front where you lift up another tab and there's two cables that you cut and that disengages the high voltage from the car and these this is the reason why this exists right so this it's out front so you pop it open with a screwdriver so the first responders would show up pop it open with a screwdriver pull the two tabs open the front disengage the electricity and be able to safely work and rescue the people inside the car in a rescue situation or keep your car from turning into a a melted marshmallow Correct. Oh yeah, yeah, I found this very interesting because whenever uh, the wife and I park the car, I always say, "Yeah, chuck the you know your purse in the trunk," because first of all, nobody except Tesla owners know it's there, and you can't get into it. And this is to remind Tesla Nation uh, that you can actually get into it if you uh, 
uh, know how to do it. And this first responder guide has lots of these tricks in there, and this came from that first responder guide. That is true. And so it you should for read the, it at night. It exists for the S as well. I hope uh, there's not a lot of thieves who listen to Talking Tesla because we've now just given them the opportunity, at least in my case, to rip me off of all of the cold food that I have in my cooler in the front. Stop putting junk in your front. <laughs> <laughs> if you want really uh, uh, dirty taking. golf shoes and uh, a cart, you can steal anything you want from my frunk. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'll yeah. keep it there. All Does the your cart stuff. fit in the new frunk? I had to get a new cart. Mm. So this, you bring up an important point. In the D models, important ladies and gentlemen, point. boys and girls, in the D model, the frunk is much smaller. Yeah. So uh, because the, you know, the big giant motor that m- turns the wheels, I guess, is uh-huh. stuck up the front there. So I had to get a smaller cart, Tom. It was a real first world issue. I yeah. had to get a smaller cart. Hold on. Do you hear that? You hear that? Listen, Tesla Nation's crying for you. Hold on. Listen. <laughs> but it is actually remarkably smaller, quite a bit smaller. Oh, much, much smaller. Upsettingly. Because the front in the old S was huge. You could put like, you know, a small child in there. Well, I don't know why you would, but you could. In fact, oh. my son is not so, my son is nearly six foot tall. He could fit in there. You must be saying that because you must put the mannequin from your teaching uh, baby CPR exactly. in the front. Yes. And, and I, I had to say that the last time I got a loaner from Tesla, which was a D model, I dropped it off and then I grabbed the guy. Just moments later, he's starting to drive off. I said, wait. And he says, what? He, I said, could you open the frunk? And he says, oh, did you leave something in the frunk? I said, no. I have to check and see if my cooler, which – fits in my frunk nicely yeah. will fit in the new frunk of my next car and what the frunk it? it fit just right but i was impressed with how little stuff fits in the frunk and quite honestly when we go on trips we put a lot of stuff in the frunk jackets you know like uh, a sleeping pad maybe a sleeping bag like sometimes i'm traveling like when i did up into the mountains i like to carry extra gear just in case there's like the freeway or the highway is shut down. Uh-huh. There's a big snowstorm. Okay. I'm in an accident. Something. Okay. I like to have some warm, extra warm materials. Uh, being a former, so the the Robert family is is on a car trip. <laughs> yes, and they're all three of them. They're stuck in the mountains. Yes, it's terribly cold. Yes, terribly cold. The family is shivering, mm. and you go into your frunk and pull out your sleeping pad. Well, and your sleeping bag. bag. Yeah. Singular. I noticed. <laughs> singular. I noticed the singular there. I also, and you're like, uh, hey, did you guys pack any extra stuff in the trunk? Oh, you didn't? Well, good night. Good night. <laughs> is, that, is that accurate or is that inaccurate? Am I, am I making mountains out of molehills there? Yeah, well, you sort of are. Uh, let's I talk about probably I was. Let's talk about park and seek mode. Somebody wants to talk about park and seek mode. Uh, so the idea that you see. park the car, walk off. And the car yeah. just goes, parks itself? Last week, Tom, in his brilliance, read to us exactly about park and seek mode. Because, of course, none of the three of us actually bother to read the instructions, no. the manuals. None of the two of you. It's all right. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've heard I mean, my reading, Tom. I actually read it. Yeah, no, Mel can't read. I can't. I actually had read it in the past. I was giving you guys a refresher. A refresher. On the reading. It's lovely. I, uh, and so I was thinking about this as I was driving along, remembering when I lived in San Francisco for like four years, how in San Francisco, I could literally, I, I wouldn't take the car. 
right? I'd go on the Muni, I'd ride my bike, I would do all these other things unless it was like really cold or it was raining really bad and or I had to get somebody somewhere faster and I knew there was a place to park at the other end because you get to San Francisco, if you want to park your car, you could circle around one block, uh, two block radius, up to six block radius before you even have a chance of finding a parking spot that is so small that you can almost almost not fit barely fit and so i thought wow what's going to happen when park and seek mode actually is released everybody in san francisco will either want a tesla or be because the tesla will park itself you don't have to f with parking or there'll be uh, like so many teslas circling around the city it'll be like a hive of teslas circling for the non-existent spot but will they will, (laughs) will they all be circling at like 10 miles an hour with their right blinkers on because they're trying to find a spot. I, I look forward to it. There's, this is going to be some kind of a YouTube mashup video that's going to look amazing. And the other thing that's really concerning is that in San Francisco, and I put in a map picture here, I lived in, I think it was L area, the L region. And so that means absolutely nothing to people. So that is the area above the panhandle. Right. So San Francisco is broken up into all of these parking districts and the people who run the parking office are really like dictators. You you have to fill out the form just right. It's like over $135 to get a yearly parking permit. Oh, you're talking about this is the, these are the permit zones. So you lived in permit zone L by the University of San Francisco adjacent to the panhandle. Yeah, so you can only park within your zone. Otherwise, you're subject to all the restrictions and all the ticketing. And so how do you program your Tesla to know that you use a parking permit that only allows you to park in a certain area? How are they going to do this? I have a better question. If my Tesla is an asshole and illegally parks, I'm not paying the ticket. I'm sending it to Elon. Mm. That's bullshit. Hmm. Can you dial in how assholiness your Tesla is? That's too funny. Could you like is your Tesla total... like like self driving like tailgating people and honking its horn trying That'd to get funny. it out of its parking spot? Could you imagine being the Tesla employee who's tasked with keeping track of all the parking regulations in all the cities of all the world, so that when people go in and say, "Oh yes, I live in San Francisco and I have a permit for L." That the car, when they're going, quote, home, only parks in that area. You know, it's like crazy. It's upsetting. Uh, speaking of parking, uh, just a quick story here as an aside. Oh, uh, I was good. in Santa Barbara and I didn't have my front um, registration plate on because, mm. you know, it didn't look good. You're legal. And uh, I got a ticket. Yeah. So if you're going to Santa Barbara, don't park in the street, park downstairs in uh, the parking lot. Or get that magnetic plate and just uh, put it on there when you park. It's upsetting. Yeah, and Santa Monica is absolutely known for this. I got a ticket there, but I had a loaner car. And when I brought the loaner car back to Tesla, they they looked at the ticket and they went, oh, yeah. And they just chucked it. <laughs> but they're like, we don't care. We have dealer registration. I heard a story this weekend at the Tesla Cars and Coffee on Saturday that uh, one guy or woman got a ticket from the CHP. And that one is considered a moving violation. It is not a fix-it ticket. So really, yeah, that's what I heard. Now I'm going to look into that for the Tesla Nation. Right, if they actually drive in California, I feel if that's so. Why why is this applicable to Tesla? Well, guess what? What now? If you get a Model S or a Model X, the license plate frame, the mount for the front license plate, it's pre-installed. Yes, 
I can uh, test that because I now have a front registration plate because it was pre-installed and I'm like, eh, I wouldn't have normally bothered putting it on there. It doesn't look great. But since it's there, I'll put the registration plate. Did it affect your range? Yeah, I think it uh, reduces the aerodynamicism by 0.35%, so I probably lost a mile. Do the math. Let's talk about Lucid Motors, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, because Lucid Motors is this thing. It's an electric car company. What's a Lucid? Uh, I don't know. You apparently know because you (laughs) went to the reveal (laughs) event. That is true. That is accurate. Please summarize and focus on the important stuff, the shardies. And the tiny books uh-huh. go. There, so that interesting question, interesting salvo. opening salvo. So we went to the event. It was at the Peterson Museum. One of our lovely listeners sent us an email. Who was it? Do we want to say? I don't know if this gentleman wants to remain anonymous or he is okay with us saying. All right, just uh, just say lovely Dr. listener. Ian? Yes, Doctor Ian. He wants to know. He wants he wants recognition for, even from right. Tesla. So Doctor Dr. Ian, Ian, a local. You. Uh, obstetrician in the in the neighborhood sent us an email saying, "Hey, did you guys know about this Lucid event over the weekend? Lucid was having four events: two public, two private. He had an invitation and the ability to share his private invitation with us, and he did. And I took him up on it. And so I went to an event at the Peterson. I took my lovely wife with me. We went there. We walked up the stairs. We took the elevator because we're lazy. Yep. <laughs> and we got up there. There's a bar." Yes. They had wine and beer. Yes. One bar. Yes. It wasn't a Tesla-like event. There weren't uh, people wall-to-wall. Right. The one thing it did have in common with a Tesla event, can either of you guess what that might have been? Uh, Cheap shoddy. The exact same people who are at Tesla events were at this event. (laughs) Affluent Caucasians. (laughs) As far as the eye could see, for the the most part. The Black Caucus was not present. No, there was no Tesla Black Caucus. That's upsetting. Uh, so I'm sitting there and I get a, a lovely glass. I couldn't get a gin and tonic. So I, that was really what I wanted to do. I wanted to compare the lucid gin and tonic v the Tesla gin and tonic, which we've spoken about ad nauseum. <laughs> and then I'm standing there and they're passing around little burgers. Little burgers are pa- coming around on a little a wooden tray, a piece of wood, a tree disc. All nicely polished wow. and and thing, and they're just they're carrying and, them around. So they had how little good, burgers. How good were they? They were pretty good. They how had a little good. arugula and a little roasted tomato Ooh. on them. They were very nice, tall. They also had some some fried rice balls and a little burrata and roasted tomato tart. They did a lovely job with that. Wow, past hors mm. d'oeuvres, and they never stopped coming. Ever. They just kept going and kept going. And so we walk into this big room in the Peterson, and you're surrounded by beautiful cars. They're everywhere at the Peterson. Were they Teslas? And No. And in the middle of the room. Just to clarify, the Peterson is an automobile museum. That is correct. The Peterson in Los Angeles is an automobile museum. The history of the automobile in five floors of loveliness. I didn't know that. And they have a basement parking lot, because this used to be a department store that is packed with cars. I mean, packed. So packed, it's like your worst nightmare packed. And they have a lot of cars down there. Circulate them through. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I I mean, the museum itself is laid out very nicely. I don't think it's overstuffed. But anywho, anywho, in the center of the room is an automobile under a black curtain. Mm -hmm. So they're like, ooh. And and we've all seen this car before because it was actually released or or revealed in December originally. So they have that. They have these two motors 
off to the side and I'm like, wow, those things are really small. It's the motor and the transmission, basically the size of a carry-on. You could literally put that in your overhead bin. Unless you're on Spirit Air, I don't know what they charge extra for for, uh, for double a the price motor, of your ticket motor transmission thing, and then they had a display, the heads up display, and but a, just one second, let's yes, go back I'm to sorry. that tiny motor, which is the size of a small backpack, very tiny motor, six hundred horsepower in that puppy, six hundred horsepower. How you fit six hundred horses into a small backpack? I don't understand, <laughs> but they do it. So the car is. 600 horsepower in one configuration yes. and 1,000 horsepower in another. So mm. a 400 horsepower little mini engine, when you get the dual version of it, uh, that's probably going to set you back quite a bit of money. So it's – and they were giving rides mm. and yes. you could sit in the automobile. So the the designer, the head designer gave a little presentation and we have some audio of that. And the chief engineer gave a little bit of presentation. This gentleman, I don't know if you know, he also was the chief engineer of the Tesla Model S, British British gentleman. Uh, We see that the tech, this innovation that's coming, and finding that perfect balance of those two worlds. Um, I personally don't want to be riding around in some goofy little pod. I want to be in a vehicle that's emotional and exciting and dynamic and sexy that also has all this great technology and convenience. Um, and that balance is really what, what Lucid is all about. Peter's uh, background, um, he was a chief engineer at Jaguar, chief engineer at Lotus, but without question, he's best known as the chief engineer behind the Tesla Model S. Um, really groundbreaking vehicle. Uh, I consider Peter to really be the true technical brain behind the modern electric car. We hear a lot about a certain Tesla individual every day, but <laughs> Peter is really, truly the innovator behind that vehicle. Peter, come on up. Thank you so much, Derek. And uh, it's a real privilege and an honor to be here tonight uh, with such illustrious and historic machinery surrounding us. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us at uh, this event. Uh, you know, uh, this whole uh, adventure, this whole journey with this car started with a dream, and it's a clear dream of how to improve the automobile. How could we uh, have a transformative in- impact using modern technology to improve a product which has been around for over 100 years? But uh, the inspiration for this, this dream, this vision for the car, came from what would it be like to experience uh, executive jet travel and transportation if that jet had four wheels and it travelled on the road. What could be, that be like? Uh, and we've seen, uh, certainly I've seen within my lifetime, certainly the last few decades, an accelerating trend, not just towards miniaturisation, but uh, conflation of functionality, a multifunctionality condensed into a single product. So to sum up, we have a car which has a genuine 1,000 horsepower. Uh, this is not a, an exaggerated 1,000 horsepower, it's really real, 600 at the rear, 400 horsepower at the front. Motor seating will be sub 2.5, I'm reluctant to release anything as yet, uh, it will, it's fast enough. And at least 300 mile range with a 400 mile range option. So I think that sums up uh, what the Lucid Air is about.
What is the deal with working at Tesla, then leaving and starting your own electric company? It seems to be the thing to do. The other thing is, how long ago do you think this car company was started? It was started, Tom, in uh, 2013, March, I believe. It was a Tuesday, the cloudy, a little bit of rain coming in. That is 100% incorrect. It is a 10-year-old car company, 2007. And they claim to have a car coming out, this car, the Lucid Air, coming out in 2019. I asked them, I said, well, where are you building this? And they said, in Arizona. I said, that's cool. How big is your factory? And the gentleman was like, well, we have the land. <laughs> nice. The land. So they the need factory. a lot of money. They need about 700 more million of the dollars to build the factory. Mm-hmm. I think you've used this term several times yeah. in reference to a lot of things. Go on. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a vapor. <gasps> Yes. In a lot of ways. So it's a nice car. It's very strikingly beautiful from the outside. I think it's much prettier than the future Faraday that will be in the future. That in the future there will be a Faraday. (laughs) Right. Which we have Um, an update on, which suggests that it's going to be not at all in the future, but go on. But let's get down to brass tacks. So basically, this car is beautiful. It's really beautiful. They're going for the super uber luxury market. They designed this rear seat with like lay flat seats. So you get in there. There's a little iPhone shaped touchpad on the back seat and you can push that and it, and it reclines you basically all the way flat with a little footrest in the back seat, in the back seat, right? right? In this executive thing. So I honestly, I don't know why. Why these car companies continue when you see how much excitement is around a mass market car, like the Model 3, why people are not just like, oh, my God, we need to make one of these. So it's another $100,000 to $150,000 car. They have not announced pricing, but one of the people that works for them, that was the number that he gave me. He didn't tell me I could use it, but I'm using it anyway. You just did. I don't really care. I was talking with Rob, who was also there with you, although you guys probably didn't say hi to each other. I don't know what Rob looks like. Rob's a tall dude like me, kind of curly hair. Oh, always, Rob. Always wearing Tesla Were garb. You, you weren't at this one, right? I wasn't. I, I took a massage class instead. Actually, on Saturday, I was uh, very at work. Sunday, there Saturday. was an event. But, but that the was private like private one. Was, yeah, I was down in like Newport Beach or something. So they're claiming 300 mile range with a 400 mile option, a mm-hmm. hundred kilowatt hour battery pack standard option for 130 kilowatt what? hour, what? 250 mile charge in 20 minutes mm. at, at 300 amps. Not going to build their own charge network. It doesn't seem like. Not going to build their own batteries. Uh-huh. Any guesses, gentlemen, on who's building the batteries over uh, there for the Samsung there? LG? So maybe in the Korea. Correct. It's a combo mm. package. This is sounding like vaporware <laughs> to me. It's interesting. I mean, I talking to Rob, he was really uh, like sort of tripped out by the rear seat experience. He likened it to being in an executive jet. Yeah, they no, they likened it to being in an executive oh, jet. Oh, they did. Okay. And uh, as part of their presentation, they showed like a private jet. But again... Okay, how many people are in private freaking jets? I got in the back of it. I'm not a huge human being. I'm a good-sized man. You're robustly large. As it were. I leaned all the way back. I found it to be tight. Yeah. Like, I don't want to – it didn't feel like a luxurious experience. It felt okay. like an interesting experience, mm-hmm. and it felt like it could have been – but I, they leaned me all the way back. Maybe there's something in the interim that's a little bit better. There is a left – on the left side, there's an armrest. Right. It is rounded, 
mm-hmm. right? So it's, it, your arm slips right off of it, and it doesn't stick out mm-hmm. very far. And the farness that it sticks out kind of gets into my side. And I said to the, the, the guy that was helping me push the button on the thing, because apparently I couldn't do that myself. The thing. the On the touch screen to, yes. to put your seats back, there was a guy. Lovely, lovely people work for this company, by the way. Very, very friendly. Uh, I said, you know, this is not great. You guys should think about re rejiggering this because it just doesn't feel very luxurious as far as like my arm slipping off. So, And now maybe he'll hear it on Talking Tesla. Yeah, maybe he will. You know, like interesting materials, four trims, so much very similar to what Tesla is now doing, right? right. You get Packaging. four different packages of interiors. There's the Santa Monica, the Santa Cruz, the the Mojave at midnight, which is weird, right? The Mojave is all black. Mojave, it's at, Mojave midnight. at midnight. Right. Well, it's a desert and there's not much uh, well, you know, this is light Santa there. Monica was white because it's the morning fog of Santa Monica. Oh, right? What white the Santa Cruz? Rainy? That was or the, big? That was the like one Redwoods. that we sat in. That was the one that had some dark brown... Uh, sort of features the Alicantra with lots of fingerprints. Why are we spending so much time talking about a car that's know. probably never going to come out? I don't know. Well, it sounds like this car is more intended for the gentry class so that if they can get it to be autonomous using, I guess they use a Google OS. Yeah. If they can get it to be autonomous, this would be the Uber prestige level car. So in the presentation, they talked about their autonomy. They are working with Mobileye, who right. Tesla has kicked to the curb. Mm-hmm. Right? I think they drove them to the curb <laughs> autonomously <laughs> and inverted them. They may have drove them to the curb. They're going to have LiDAR and radar, mm-hmm. according to them, and redundance of both. Right. And lots of cameras. And they weren't going autonomy initially, but obviously they've had to sort of pivot to autonomy. So they're not building the batteries. Mm-hmm. They're not building their cameras or they may be building their own autonomous system. So 2019, you can make a deposit right now for $2,500. You probably shouldn't. I'm just right. going to throw that out yeah. there. You probably shouldn't. I've already bought my last car. Fast as crap. So zero yeah. to 62.5. And I got in, they had a car a little demo version you got in we sat in the back seat they had a mostly a lunatic i think driving it in the upper echelons of peterson so you get in it there's nothing in it it's completely bare there's no door panels i look around like there's not an airbag to be found in this car and this guy is we've been watching him for the last hour just floor it to the end of the right into basically into a wall yeah and then up a ramp and then you get up there and he floors it again and comes back down another ramp and the thing is just squirrely it's super fast the guy in the front seat is screaming the whole time yeah i have some video of that as well oh, that'll be great to see. <laughs> uh, i posted awesome. a bunch of pictures it was a cool you know at the end of the day the lucid employees very nice it's a lovely event it's a beautifully designed car hopefully they can get it out i just wish they were not going for this high-end market. Yeah, well, they're probably going to do what Tesla's trying to do as well. It's like num- like two, three, four orders of magnitude more complicated to try and create a car that you're going to pump out a half a million of because you've got a lot of other issues to deal with. Not only, you know, the supply chain is probably the largest. Yeah. How many are they expecting to make? You know, they have uh, numbers one. of like, <laughs> well, they've made the one. No, they have three so far. Uh, I think top end production, they're planning on like 130, but they're going to build the factory in bits and bobs and pieces. My guess is it's going to be pretty bespoke built, like much Ooh, more, bespoke. much more similar to the. Hey, Google, <laughs> what does bespoke mean? 
Bespoke. Past of bespeak. <laughs> what? <laughs> Doesn't help. Custom made. Thank you. <laughs> Basically. Hey, Tob. What does bespoke mean? <laughs> bespoke is a level of build which is more custom than off the shelfage. Thank you. So I was going to say, did you yeah. like the Peterson? Was it a good experience to be there? I've been to the Peterson ah. several times. It was not my first. It wasn't even actually my first event at the Peterson. Okay. Um, I love the Peterson. Some beautiful, beautiful cars at the Peterson. It's an amazing place. So in October yeah. of this year, 2017, on the 14th, that is October, the Tesla Club Los Angeles will be having an event there. So check the Tesla Club LA website. If you're going to be in LA or you are in the region of LA, Come and join. Don't. I might do that because I've never been to this uh, said place. But I just wanted to – I've got uh, breaking news. Last week, uh, Robert had some incredible breaking news, and we're going to talk about it in a little while. But I've got some breaking news for you. There's a new car company. This what? is hot off the press. There's a new car company coming in 2020. <laughs> they have a car that's coming in at $35,000. They say it's going to do 450 miles. They're charging five minutes. Amazing. It's not true <laughs> at all. Is that an alternate? But it's fact? got about the same probability of occurring as uh, some of yeah. these other things. It's really beginning to drive me a little crazy. I'm like, yeah, 2019, 2020, five times faster than a Tesla and go twice as far and, and uh, prints money. I'll tell you this. The small motor is the thing that was really interesting to me. Do you know what the horsepower is of the Tesla? Do you have any idea? Which trim model? So top end? Sure. Yeah, I think it's in the 650 range. For in, in a dual or in the single? In a dual. In the dual. So yeah. this thing has more than that. It has almost as much of that in one motor, and the motor is so small. So this is what was interesting to me, right? If they were able to at some point, and they must be trying to do this, make their motor smaller, right, more miniaturized, you would get a lot more room in the front. You could get a lot more room in the back, although you have so much more room. So – you hear a lot of people at these events, and they, they kind of go out of their way during the presentation to not mention Tesla, to not mention Elon, because for whatever reason, I, I don't know why, for a guy, they're like, uh, the guy who runs another very famous car company, you know, like they talk about him in those, those kind of terms. And then you hear people saying things like, well, you know, the biggest mistake that Tesla made was this, I actually heard this, was that, was that the interior wasn't very nice. And I'm like, you know what? I think the interior of the car, while not a, the most amazingly beautiful thing I've ever seen, is very nice. It's yeah. very luxurious. The seats are very comfortable. And again, I'm driving in an older 60. There's a ton of room in the back seat. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. There was more room in the back seat of a Tesla than in this car. I hope they do excellent, swimmingly well. And I must take it back. I'm not up to date. The latest P100 yeah. D, ludicrous. Yeah. Tesla, 760 horsepower. Nice. I hope they do well, too. I really do. I'm just getting a little bit uh, over all of these people dissing Tesla and have their own vaporware, whatever. Hey, I just want to talk about Reddit Motors, uh, Reddit forums for a second. We got an email from uh, the person, one of the people that runs the Reddit uh, forum, and they say they have 70,000 users. And we should spend a little bit more time on there getting some information. The Reddit Tesla forum specifically. The Reddit Tesla forum. My problem with Reddit, unfortunately, I have no idea how to use it. And I see a lot of text (laughs) and uh, I don't know how to read very well. Not a lot of pictures. So one of you guys is going to have to follow Reddit because this guy. I've been looking at it since we got that email uh, looking at it. There's a lot of interesting things. People ask a lot of questions. It's a Mm -hmm. lot of question and answer kind of situation. People do make posts. 
uh, there's a lot of very informed people on there and a lot of yeah. people looking for information. I don't know that the it's a great source of information for us, but it's actually a good place to go and sort of double check on things and see what other people have done. We learned uh, – all kinds of things. There's spreadsheets and delivery dates and things like that. There's some definite news you can pull out of it. It's important to look at what, and this is what I think the, the the person who wrote that email said, is to look at what people are discussing. What's the current information that they want to know yeah. so that we could focus and tailor our show to actually be relevant to people who are yeah. out there, and that way we might get more than 50 listeners. You want to know what most people want to know? What's that? When's a freaking Model 3 coming? <laughs> you know what uh, most of the people in this room want to know? When's, When's the, the three... freaking Model 3 coming? It's right. So there's three big forums. There's the Tesla Motor Forum. Yeah. There's uh, Tesla Rally's got a great forum. And now we've got the Reddit forum. So we've got uh, a lot of forums to keep up with. And remember, I'm not going to because I can't read. Well, but you know what's good is that once we have fully autonomous driving, all of the Talking Tesla listeners won't necessarily have to listen to us. They can just go on their iPad or their screen and they can actually read real Tesla news. So when Model 3 comes out, Talking Tesla ends. It's sad, but, you know, we're willing to take the bullet for that. (laughs) Let's talk about the Bolt. The Bolt is about to launch in Mexico. Inside EVs has an article which somebody wants to discuss. The Bolt with a B? Bolt with a B. Bolt. El <laughs> Bolt in Mexico. Yeah, so I saw this article that the Bolt is going to release in Mexico. And we had been talking about the Bolt, right? Only for sale in the in California, the West Coast. Initially. Right. And we expected that it's completely a compliance car. So Chevy couldn't give a crap whether or not this is a successful car because they're, quote, losing nine grand on every one they sell, only to be able to sell those giant Suburbans and Yukons and those freaking gas-hogging, carbon-emitting ice vehicles. You're such a hater. I don't hate. It's just that, you know, we I need more electric vehicles to provide a alternative. So if you are- a Make an electric SUV, man. Exactly. Well, we kind of have that, but I mean, like, how about a minivan? We kind of have an electric SUV. Yeah. It's called an it's X. It's called an X. But it's really expensive. What are you giving me looks it's for? An, what's, it's an SUV. It's a crossover. I've got a, I talked to a guy. Is it an SUV or is it a crossover? Does it have folding second row seating? It does now. You have to get the five seat Does yours? No. <laughs> okay. It's well, upsetting. let me just Rick and read the article. <laughs> damn it. bad finish. This Come on. Warning to listeners. This is going to be the nine hour talking oh Tesla. Oh my God. This is going to be I will horrible. not be in the last seven hours of it because I have to go. So uh, we were talking about how it's only going to be available in the carb states. This is an indication that Chevy's not committed to electric vehicles. But lo and behold, they announce that they're going to start selling the Bolt in Mexico. Mexico's not a carb state. Not not the last time I checked. Oh, it will be soon. There's some stories coming up. No, that's not true. (laughs) So there's a chart. Maybe they're giving them incentives because Mexico does have a massive air pollution problem in some of its major cities. Tell me that. But they also run with – they <laughs> they also provide their gasoline vehicles with non with leaded fuel leaded fuel it so helps with the knocking right yeah especially <laughs> if you're driving around Mexico City at like 5000 feet yeah yeah and a lot of the mountain passes there are considerably higher because they're surrounded by volcanoes and i've driven around Mexico City for a few weeks at a time and literally every night when i would get home and i would blow my nose black would come out And that was like soot. The air is awful. So anyway, Chevy comes out with this article. They have their 
uh, their uh, sales manager for Mexico interviewed. And there's a, a chart, which I hope we'll put in the show notes, that basically shows uh, dealer ordering month and in dealerships by and the states and or regions. And so what was interesting is that by July, the chart says that uh, bolts will be available in Florida. Florida is not a carb state. Interesting. Why would they want to sell them in there if they're losing money? And then all states come September. So talking Tesla listeners, if you're unable to wait for a three or you don't have the cashola for the X and S, you could get a bolt by September. Heads up, start talking to your dealers locally in July because that's the dealer ordering month for all states. And if you do listen in Mexico, and I would love to get a listener letter from Mexico because I don't know that there's any listeners in Mexico. I'd like to know if you're out there. You're going to be able to get one in Mexico by the end of the year. So the interesting thing is like, okay, so you wait till July. July is when we're supposed to start getting threes. So that will be interesting because why? It's a very different car. It doesn't have a uh, supercharging network. Right. So I don't know Neither if you does Mexico. wait around Very little that. charging in Mexico. Yeah, so there's like one you, supercharger. Tom, you put in here the lease. I want to know about this lease information because, you know, Grandpa's looking for a lease. Yeah. And he went to the local dealer. Uh-huh. And they went through. He's like, uh, how much do you want to put down on your Bolt? And uh-huh. he's like, I'll put $10,000 down mm-hmm. and then the $7,500 off the top, blah, blah, blah. And they came up with a lease which was way worse than this. And he's a you know elderly gentleman, but he's no yeah. dummy. He's like, I'm pretty sure I haven't done the math because I haven't my calculator. You guys are ripping me off. Tell us about this lease. So I believe that is pretty accurate. So I went to a local Chevrolet dealer. They sent me an email about a leasing price which was a bit higher than this, although I think it was only $2,500 down. So right now on the website, fully, fully loaded mm-hmm. premier version of the Bolt. Yes. According to the website, $363 per month for three years with 4500 down, which makes you have a total of $17,609 over three years, which is basically 122 bucks a week. So, again, if you're driving a big truck a lot of miles, you could probably get pretty close to making this a wash. I, you know, it, it would it would push it a little bit. Um, they seem to have a lot of them right now available at the dealer. Like I went to the website, looked at the inventory and from what I could tell, they've got about 30 or 40 of them. So either sales have kind of slowed down because again, we're getting to this weird curve as more bolts show up in the trim that you want. We get closer to the model three being around. Right. And so what does that really mean? In the long run, especially with uh, I don't Tesla know the answer to that question. pumping out news, little chunks yeah. of news we're about on, Model we're 3. We're on pace. We're on pace. Yeah. We're on pace. Yeah, and that's exactly where I'm at with uh, the grandpa because I'm, now I'm the guy I've been telling him to get a bolt. Get the bolt. Get the bolt. Now I see, oh my gosh, the Model 3 might come. Maybe you should just wait until right. we check this puppy out. He doesn't. He has a car, so he doesn't need a new car, right. correct? Right. right. So those things, and I have a car, so I don't need a new car, although I would like a new car, because I'll tell you, the most embarrassing moment of my weekend was the Lucid uh, heads-up display designer asking me what I currently drive. (laughs) And I was like, uh, well, my wife's got an S. (laughs) Is that enough? Well, that's, you know, perfect for them. They should probably target you and get you to try one of the beta models. Yeah. 
30,000 talking Tesla listeners cannot shame you, but one <laughs> lucid air guy can. Well, wow. the talking Tesla listeners only shame me via email. This guy actually was up in my grill. What are you driving? And I'm like, I drive a 25-year-old Lexus. And I pumped my chest out a little bit. And I was like, that's right, buddy. It's a Lexus. Uh, let's talk about the stock price. Uh, can you tell us about the stock price? Because Cage Warner here says uh, there's lots of ways you can make money out of stocks going up and down. I yeah, don't understand it. That's the whole option thing again. So, hey, Google. What's today's stock price? I don't have to do this anymore. On what? <laughs> oh, for Tesla. Hey, Google, what's today's Tesla stock price? Sorry, I can't help with that yet. Why don't you uh, do it properly? <laughs> hey, Google, what's Tesla's stock price? As of 12.09 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today, the price for Tesla stock on NASDAQ is $278.87. Holy crap. Holy testicle Tuesday. Paul Grover. You're up 100 bucks. Almost. Paul, Almost. Paul Grover has uh, got some numbers here, but he says, and it's a fairly you long email. Before you get into that, let me just say one thing. Yeah. I've got this guy who was recommended to me by somebody very um, – reliable who should like manage your stocks and all this and i looked at the the paperwork that came to me from the end of the year and he lost money all over the place and there was one thing that went up in that whole freaking portfolio it was the tesla stock i had to argue with him in your portfolio yeah I argued with him. I said, listen, I need you. I want you to buy some Tesla. Oh, Tesla's not this. Tesla's not that. All that bull that comes from you like- You have a, a financial manager? Yeah. And so- Terrible. Well, that's- oh, That's a whole nother show. Yeah, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> so anyway, I look at this whole thing and what has the biggest increase in value is the freaking Tesla stock I told him to buy. Me, non-financial expert guy, told him to buy and argued with him to buy and all uh, the other- what sh- price? Do you remember? I think it was uh, probably in the 120s. Yeah. So Paul Grover says, just so you know, kids, if you had have been able to get in at the beginning of the IPO for Tesla, no! you're up by 1,000%. No! And in fact, probably a lot more than that today. You could say that about a lot of things, like the Snapchat IPO that's about to go down. Is that one? I don't know. Could be. Microsoft, when I was in... Uh, when I was in high school, did I talk? Have I talked about this in the past? I don't know. When I was in high school, had some did an economics class. You had to fake buy some stocks in it, right? I bought some Walt Disney Company stock um, and some Microsoft stock, and I did you know modicum. You didn't actually buy no, it. No, 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 no. Like in the, in the it. class, but then as I, when I graduated, I did buy a whole bunch of Disney stock, which at the time was on this every four years of splitting and had a good dividend. So I bought a few shares of the Walt Disney Company. I still hold those very same shares this very day. Um, But I did not buy Microsoft stock. And uh, if I did, this show would be happening from my villa uh, someplace on a beach. You're a fake billionaire. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, He's got some other stuff he's talking about here. And uh, what's happening with the Instagram um, Tesla parking lot? Oh, that's- is this the Tesla parking lot? I, that, this is the Tesla Weekly. So Tesla Motors has an Instagram, and there is a very cool uh, time lapse right now. The last post, I looked last night, so it's Tesla Motors Instagram. I put a link in here to a time lapse of the Miraloma Power Pack plant installed. That thing is up and running. Did you guys know that? They got that thing installed in 93 we, days. We're we going to do a story, story yeah, about we have it. A story. But 
But so that's what's going on with that. As far as the parking lot, I don't know. I didn't check it this week to see if there are any new posts in that. Uh, what basically, I think it's the wild west of parking lots up there in Fremont. I think that was Kiwi Pole that told us about that Instagram. I think it was. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. The Oakland halfway house. <laughs> so this uh, Instagram just shows how quickly they put up the Miraloma plant, and it looks really cool. Right, that's and there's, what, nice. what Paul was referencing was what he was trying to reference was that there was a lot of activity at the Gigafactory. I couldn't see anything. He referenced an Instagram that was called Tesla Weekly. The link he sent wasn't working, so I'm not exactly sure what he was actually trying to show us but my guess is there was a lot of activity at the game we've, we've got to sh- we've got to share this instagram because this is really wonderful and i think it's a great idea you get a lot of view of them putting it together what it is really just to get a sense of the scale yeah go to instagram search tesla motors that's what they're still calling their instagram we, we really have to move along here because i believe that we are one fifteen millionth of the way through this so let's talk with lisa kaz and this is really important. Now, you know, we've been following this story. Most of you could care less, but the Not people have wanted the P100D and they've wanted to get supercharging for life. So, Robert, can you summarize what's going on here? And There's been a lot of activity. And some people only wanted 100D right, supercharging so for life. And that's really what the crux of this is. Right. So I wanted a I, – I secured a 90D Mm-hmm. No performance, mm-hmm. not willing to pay the extra forty two or forty four thousand dollars to get to ludicrous mode. But I did want supercharging for life. And I figured that if this is really my last car and I'm driving it for fifteen years, how many miles will I supercharge in fifteen years, Tom? It's not, and it won't be. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, full of it. Well, I didn't go to the lucid event and I'm not salivating for air. I'm just saying it won't be his last test. And so for me, I felt it was important. And then two or three days after the cutoff for supercharging for life, this is like a recap I'm giving. Tesla comes out with the 100D, but you can't get both. And we went back and forth. People were reporting. I saw two reports in this email included that says, what's the matter, guys? I got a 100D battery and supercharging for life. So went back and forth with Lisa. Thank you, Lisa, for your letter. And we clarified that she actually ordered the P100D, which was available with supercharging for life. So it turns out now that the two claims of buying a 100D with supercharger for life were misunderstandings. And I understand that. Not everybody is as Tesla steeped as these three geeks, but... Uh, what was important is that we got another couple of letters that people were upset. They want to have it both ways. Strategies, asking me to be their advocate. We're working, we're working towards getting Tesla to un, you know, to unbundle or bundle supercharging for life with a hundred D non-performance battery. Not going to happen. Well, so then I took this as far up the chain of command as I could. And I got Tesla's actual statement here, which I will read, even though you know, you probably should just fast forward through this. It says, with Tesla's announcement of the Model S 100D on January 19th, the company also introduced some other changes, including new interior bundles and trim levels for the Model S and Model X. With this in mind, a new price book was introduced to reflect these changes. Tesla has provided the following guidance for customers who previously placed an order before the January 15th deadline to take advantage of unlimited supercharging and are interested in charging their, or sorry, changing their current order. 
One, changes to existing orders would result in entering the new price book. That means you have to go to the new system. Pay any difference in battery trim cost for the 100D upgrade. Two, three, lose unlimited free supercharging. Wah, wah, wah. Four, lose perforated ventilated seats. Which they got rid of, no? Well, it says if ordered with the premium upgrades package, they did get rid of it, but some people grabbed it before they got rid of it, which was at around the end of the year. All right. And so, you know, there were people who are saying they wanted to, they, they ordered back in December and they wanted to change to the 100D and there was language in the Tesla purchase agreement that said there were modifications available, etc. cetera. Uh, on to the next bullet point, be subject to option bundles and associated price changes. In other words, if you wanted to have a tin interior with a the dash difference and it was more expensive, you'd have to pay the upgrade. And lastly, be subject to new production and delivery timing so that there would be a delay. And from what I heard, putting out non-performance 100 battery packs until the end of February, which would make your delivery date sometime in March. End. That was very long. Silence <laughs> in the room. The bottom line is you can't get it. You can't, get it. You can't have it. You're not going to have it. They're not going to give it to you. If you want it, you can't have it because why? They're not, not going to give it to you. to you. Brian Hansen had the same email. He says, uh, I really wanted it. I called him. They said no. And he said WTF. Yeah. Um, Ed Lopez sent us a, a note, and Ed said this, um, I was the top North American referral guy in 2015 with 96 referrals, and I got a founder model X90DL. And then he talks about some other stuff which I don't care about. You know what I care about, Ed? How the hell did you get 96 referrals? What did you do to get 96 referrals? We tried to get referrals. We got one. I think he's a very active, very, very active young man, and he is... Uh, on the Tesla forums, right, on the Tesla Motors, like, community forums, he posted his uh, code there, and he talks a lot. He advocates for using, like, actual owner's codes, and he's a really forward-thinking kind of person in the community that's like, hey, use an actual thing because these owners, they, they get stuff out of them. They can get $1,000 credit. So at the time... You were able in Virginia. It was pretty weird. You used to you used to get a thousand dollars as the referrer and a thousand dollars off your car if you took the referral from somebody, right? Right. And in Virginia, they that made it feel like you were a car dealer, I and see. they weren't letting you do that. So they gave anybody buying the car in Virginia, the buyer, two thousand dollars at the time, and that's I think probably the a little bit of the impetus of why his particular code has been used a lot. And he talked about it. But that's still a lot. He must have been like maybe he even opened up a little mall store and was basically a car dealer for let Tesla. Just, let me just tell you this. Ed, if you ever want to come on the show <laughs> permanently and get us some free cars <laughs> Tom's willing to give out his spot for a car. Oh, nice. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So um, much for Tom. And now, he also said that he uh, was looking at replacing uh, that uh, that X90DL with a 100-kilowatt battery and just sort of asked the question, can you just slap, uh, take out the old 90 and chuck in 100 for me and with the uh, unlimited supercharging? And the person he talked to said, sure, no problem, yeah. $20,000. Sure. 
But he got a free car. So he got a free car. So it's like a $20,000 car. Ed, go for it. Come on. That'd be cheap. Yeah, exactly. Do it, man. Let's see what happens. Get that bad boy going. Let me me say that if you put in right now into Google search by Tesla, Mm -hmm. the first ad that pops up is a link to Tesla referral program for a guy named Kevin. And it has his code in there. Oh, Kevin, you're a genius. And so Kevin can snipe. And I did this a few days ago. It was a guy named Brian. And I'm not giving their last four digits because I want you to use mine, of course, <laughs> instead of theirs. Laney 9300, is that yours? <laughs> L-A-I-N-I 9300, is that your code? Oh, no, my God. that's your referral code. What? Yeah. Oh, it is? Oh, I had yeah. no idea. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys are working the Google to get themselves some cars. It's just upsetting. I wonder how much does that cost? I wonder if they actually get referrals or... I don't Ooh, know that's how they idea. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's talk about Model 3 because we're an hour into this and I'm pretty sure we haven't said anything What? Yet. Yeah, nothing. Nothing has been said. Uh, here, so Tesla Model 3, uh, here's a blog. Somebody wants to talk about it. It's not me. Who is it? So this was from Tesla.com. We got a letter from a listener saying, you guys are pinheads. Okay, so we got several letters from okay. listeners. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, we get several letters from <laughs> listeners every week that says, you guys are pinheads. We said that they called the bat, the the robots Transformers. Right. I think that was Mel. Maybe it was no, Robert. It was me. It was nah, me. it was Robert. Yeah. And the correct answer is they named them after X-Men characters, not... Including ex-women. Transformers, including ex-women. So you have the Iceman, the Wolverine, the Beast, Storm, and Colossus, Vulcan, and Havoc as the names. And there is a post on the Tesla factory, on the Tesla.com blog called Factory Upgrade, and it talks about that. And it talks about how many hours it takes for the factory upgrade in 20. 14. Yeah, these numbers were impressive how much work it, they did in the two weeks uh, of the factory shutdown to, to enable X to be built on the same line as S. And I expect they're going to have something similar, maybe larger, in the new factory line because, remember, every time they do an upgrade, they want to move the assembly line yet faster. So now, instead of doing it at a walking pace, they're going to have to be building cars at a running pace. Um, The big news of the week, though, this is all very interesting to me, that the big news of the week is what happened last week. Yes. The big news of last week was this week? The big news of this week is related to the big news of last week. Okay, that's Because if you remember last week's show, Robert here, who's standing right next to me, said that they are going to shut down the Fremont factory for 10 days to retool for Model 3. With 100% certainty. And you heard it here first. Yes. You heard it here first. He said it. He said he was 100% sure. And about 12 to 24 hours later, Reuters comes out with an official statement from Tesla saying we're going to close down the factory and retool it for Model 3. And I say, Robert, you are the smartest one. You would not tell us how you knew this information. That's true. I still won't. I have to protect my sources. Your source, sir, impressive. Or yeah. you pulled that out of your buttocks in an also impressive manner. No, and I then would. what's upsetting to me, though, is that Reuters says this is an exclusive and they've got this giant banner, exclusive. Yeah, bull****. And it's not. You said it before they said it. And even one of the other Tesla or EV-oriented websites said they had the information first. But I pointed out both on the Reuters and on that other EV services Twitter line that we actually reported it hours before they did, having recorded it like 25 hours before that. 
suckers. So we I want that. to know if you've got any new yeah. exclusive information. What do you have for us this week, Roberto? For example, could you predict in any way what you're going to have for lunch? That would be an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe El Pollo Loco. Ah, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. An exclusive. Crazy Robert is having El chicken. Pollo Loco yes. for lunch. Nothing nothing new this week for us? I don't, I don't think I have anything new. I guess Dang everything's it. down here in the, in the notes, and uh, we'll go along the line. I know one thing is happening, like, right now, right now, as we record the show, Elon is at the Burj Khalifa in Dubai speaking to a world conference on the future that he envisions, and he is participating in the opening of a Tesla store in Dubai, Excellent. the first one in the region. Thank you. And he's there to talk to them, I believe, about Hyperloop, because Dubai is one of the leading sites to put in a Hyperloop for real. A real for Hyperloop. Real, a, a real Hyperloop. For real. No, they don't have to worry about- Pseudo-looping. They don't- Yeah, it's none of this like, I'm going to dig a tunnel under a street. Mm-hmm. It's like a real- tubular hyperloop nice very very quick we've also we did get some more unnamed source information from this for this week we did shall we discuss but we want to make it clear so we get a lot of these emails and people ask to be made anonymous and we want to honor that because well a we want to keep getting emails from people so but we want to let you guys know that it could be people just trolling us, messing with our heads, but we want to put it out there. But we want to make sure that you're very clear that this is not information that we are confirming. We're only the messenger. We're In the messenger words, of potentially incredibly <laughs> fake news. Go on. Warning. And so this email said that they know somebody who's going to be working on the Model 3 line, and they're on track to make 72 units per hour. Units meaning Model 3s. Model 3 vehicles. Per hour by the end of the July. If this line runs 16 hours a day, that's about 35,000 automobiles a month. Or over 400,000 by December. Wow. Will they be making my color? I don't color? think that's actually a correct number because no, it's not 10 sense. months. I don't know. The, the math of that is – so it's like 200,000 by the end of the year potentially. Like that, yeah. So we've got a bunch of emails. Uh, so that one could be fake news. We don't know. We've got Rolf and Silky and Kai talking about the Model 3 line. We've got Chad Oliveri talking about the Model 3 line. We've got a lot of people talking about this stuff, but it seems to be that there is a growing belief – that Model 3 is not only going to start production soon, and now we've heard from last week they're going to close the line down, we're going to have some alpha cars and some beta cars. It seems to me that my estimation of how num- how many cars are going to be by the end of the year could be greatly under-exaggerated. Uh, In other words, the three of us will lose our money and the pool will go to someone else. Yeah, if, if that number is correct, 35000 a month, by July, that's 245,000 cars by the end of the year. Someone's going to have to do the math on how the federal rebate is going to be affected. Because, of course, it'll probably be we, the first 50,000 cars if the first 50,000 are going to the states. And the, and Elon has already stated when the Model 3 starts shipping, he's going to ship the first big batch of them will go to California. That's where we no, live. First to employees. Well, yeah, for, but... Who are all in California? Just for the record, I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, but Solar City employees also qualify. I guess that's true, but but again, SpaceX, Tesla, California locations, 
So hopefully, yeah, the, the, it'll go to the employees, so they'll take advantage of those tax incentives for sure. And so maybe there'll be 20000 left, so another half a month, two weeks worth of uh, cars. I, don't, I just, again, I don't know. I don't know where my, what my reservation number means. So I am a day one uh, reservation holder and a Tesla owner reservation holder. So that must mean... Nothing. Because <laughs> there's another 200,000 yeah. people just like you, Tom. There's a lot of us. But Plus, then somebody, Chad, also wrote that you, maybe it was a throwaway line about buying Robert's car? Yeah. Look, I just want to bring this up very quickly. So Chad Oliveri said this. Uh, he thinks that we are losing situational awareness because we're bullshitting not on the show. And then uh, I say as a line – uh, Robert, uh, you're going to sell your car? Oh, maybe I'll buy it. Nobody says anything. We go on to the next thing. And he's like, are you yeah. guys losing it? Mel wants to buy your car? It was a bit of a throwaway it's line. just Chad. like a Tesla orgy here. It's, it was a bit of a throwaway line, but I do want to bring uh, this up. I said that because I'm like, I really want to get my son a car because he's going to go off to college in a year or so. And I'm really struggling with what car to get him. Mm-hmm. And part of me thinks that, and so I'll ask Talking Tesla Nation. Part of going off to college, mm-hmm. starting your life outside your family, is to drive a shitty car, a piece of crap car that's really inexpensive. That seems to be a rite of passage. That's what I did. I'm sure that's what you did. You had a car that barely could go anywhere. But then I think logically, like, do I really want to put my son in an old crappy ice car that's not very safe? Or do I want my son to have a car that's really safe and also is a representation of the sort of the fundamentals of this family, which is we should all be driving electric cars. We should all be invested in spending the extra cash yeah. on saving the planet. Correct. So, uh, Tom, Robert, talking Tesla Nation, should I get my son a Model 3? It's a stupidly expensive car for a first car for a kid who's 18 years old going off to college. But it's green and it's probably going to be pretty safe, especially when you add in all the autonomous features. Should I do that or am I just basically painting my son out to be a rich white kid? Well, the question were, is, okay, the real question on the table was should you buy Robert's S for your son? Well, that went away because I thought, oh, Robert's car doesn't have all the autonomous safe driving stuff that I want. Still so safe. it's off the table. Sorry, I'm not buying it's it. It's off the table. It's off the table. So do I – do for my son, which many fathers and families have done for their sons for a long time. Here is a crappy piece of crap car, and uh, you're going to talk about this crappy piece of crap car with much fondness decades from now, or do I do the right thing as an ER doc saying, I want my kid in the safest possible car ever? First, what I will say is people who – people – a lot of families, affluent families, well-to-do families, middle-aged families do buy their kids' cars. I don't think it makes them terrible people. It's a choice. That people make. So you could make that same choice. You could clearly afford to buy your son a safe electric vehicle if you wanted to. You could buy him the Bolt, but you're not gonna. Not a Bolt. I need a real car because he might be a long way from me. I'm just saying, I'm the person who walks past the high not school a parking bolt, lot. But what's the difference between the Bolt and the S? Because of the because, because of the, the supercharging, you can actually network. get there. Okay. But let me tell you this. So okay. I, I live right behind the high school. When I say I live right behind the high school, I live right behind my son's public high school. He walks to school. It's great. There's a parking lot over there. And in that parking lot over there is a lot of cars for the high school kids. Most of those cars are kind of crappy. But there's a whole bunch of those cars which are super expensive Mercedes and BMWs. And I'm the guy that walks past there going, who is the a-hole that would buy their kid at a $60,000 car to drive right. to high school? 
And now I'm thinking about being one of those a-holes by getting my son a $40,000 electric Right, but that's what I'm saying. They're not a-holes. They can just afford it. Like, it, it's not the par- – the, the monetary paradigm is not the same. There are culturally people whose whole life is is do everything they possibly can, sacrifice for their children, do whatever mm-hmm. they can to make their children safe. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, just like there's nothing wrong when my mom, a single mom, couldn't afford to buy me a car. She That didn't make her a bad person. Right. It just made her – that was the situation and environment that we lived in. You do. If you live in the situation right. and environment that you can afford to buy your son a car, buy your son a car. Don't feel bad about it. Do what you want to do. Do you should understand this as a Jewish person? You should understand a Catholic person's guilt. I understand that in your culture, guilt is huge. <laughs> I do. In my culture, that. I grew up with guilt. I have guilt, 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 guilt. Right, but why I should you want to buy him a crappy car? But why? Okay, let me ask you this: You grew, you have all this guilt. You have this it's in your head, it's right? Uh, right. So why do you want to pass that on to him? Let's break the cycle. Let me ask right? you this. Let it go, so, man. I, I no. don't want him to be a rich kid. I didn't grow up rich. I grew up poor in the country. My father was broke. I want him to feel the pain of having a crappy car. I'm just saying, talking to Can you not just feel the, the pain therapy. of something else, of, of the struggle for life? Maybe, maybe not feeling the pain growing up will make his mind a little bit clearer to be able to use his engineering prowess to, to save millions of people like there's a possibility that getting that 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 out of his head frees his mind for something else when when 17 or so years ago you found that you were going to have a child yes and you looked at your next car yes did you look at a shitty piece of crap that would completely crumple (laughs) in an accident no (laughs) or did you actually buy a car that would be more expensive yet safer yes okay you bought That's, the minivan. This is bought a minivan. I asked, "How many airbags do you have?" <laughs> and and the same for us. We bought like a a Volkswagen Passat wagon, which had like the highest crash rating of any car that at you the could time. afford. No, at the time, no. I believe it had the highest crash in two thousand and two. I think the Passat wagon then a Volvo. It was it was like equal equivalent, okay. right. and it was a nice car. It fit us, and so yes, not everything is Volvo, Tom. I was, it was a question. I'm not. Okay. Everything is Volvo. I said Volvo once today. I know you salivate Volvo. for Volvo. Yeah. I like the cars. If Volvo had an electric car, you'd be buying the Volvo they electric have an car. electric car. It's sort of crippled. Oh. Yeah, it's that, a 30 mile electric car. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean a real electric oh, car. Oh, no. All right, I just, that. you know, I know it was an aside. I know I need therapy. Um, I, I just think got it's some important, issues. It's important for me, for you, for us to let you know no one's judging you. On what kind of car you buy your son. You're only judging yourself. Yes, you're a bad parent, but not because you buy him an expensive (laughs) car. I mean, that's completely different. That kid is messed up. So (laughs) I'm going to throw an idea out there for somebody. He's really not. This is a great idea. And I think I might even utilize this myself since I'm going to have a second Tesla in a few months. Uh, is that there are these car wrap companies, right? A lot of guys and gals who buy a brand new Tesla, yeah. they want to protect their Tesla, wrap it in this clear wrap. Uh-huh. The, and, and I've actually got the name of a place that supposedly has done a great job for people here in LA. I'm not going to advertise from them for them because I don't know them yet. But have your car wrapped in, quote, shitty car wrap. That's a brilliant idea. So it looks like the car's banged up. It's dirty. It's going to look like maybe there's some graffiti on it. It makes your ass look like a ghetto car. What the hell is that wrong is with you? That is a genius so idea. Oh, it so is you take so an expensive good. car, spend even more <laughs> yes. money on it, 
Brilliant. to make it look like shit instead of donating the rat money to somebody oh, who could actually I use love it, it to like eat food. Make it actually look like a Volkswagen from 1982. But the yes. other thing is, right, you have tell a- your son it's in a Volkswagen from 1982, <laughs> but you modified it so you have to plug it in every well, now and charge to, it up. They have to deal with the social norms with within they live. Yes. My son is the same. He's like, I'm not going to drive the Tesla to school. I was like, why not? It's a really safe car. You've driven it already quite a bit and you're an incredibly safe driver. I'm worried about the other schmuck out there who's going to run a red light and T-bone you. Yeah. Always with the schmucks. And so what did your son say? He doesn't want to drive it because he's like, I don't want to drive to school in a ridiculous expensive car. I'll look like an a-hole. Quote, dad, I don't want to look like a dick. Thank you. Yes. So let's wrap it. Let's wrap it in 1978 Volkswagen. <laughs> hey, the all-glass roof. Chad <laughs> Oliveri uh, so said ridiculous. also this, uh, you miss kind of the point of the all-glass roof. One of the biggest issues with the all-glass roof, as Elon said in one of his statements, is that it has more headroom, and you can confirm that. I did. I sat in the back seat of a 90D when I test drove it. I made a make, and big point, because sometimes I do sit in the back seat, giving the front seats to my family, and... It was amazing. In fact, that's what prompted me to go for all glass roof versus sunroof. Because when I sat back there, it was like being in a planetarium. The awe of just, I I won't even look at my family. I won't even talk to my family. I'll just be sitting there with my mouth open, drooling, looking up at the sky. It's unreal. And I think it gives you as much as an inch and a half of extra headroom, which is really important if you are like above 6263 in height. There you go. Michael Johnson said this. uh, What's all this stuff about uh, the limiting of uh, trademarks for 18 months? We were talking about the reason that they had to change the Model 3 logo was because the trademark runs out after 18 months if you don't come out with a product within 18 months. And he said that's got to be crap because Ford has the Model E and they don't expect to see this thing on the road for at least another year or two. So what's up with that? Any ideas? I don't don't remember the 18-month limit being bandied about. Was that something that Yeah, that's something I was talking about. And I don't know how Ford can get away with it. Maybe they've got, you know, more lawyers and more in with the patent or whatever registration office. But uh, that was my understanding as to why Tesla went from the stylized three to the number three. It, it unfortunately messes up sex, or at least it does if you don't text. And if you text a lot, threes are often in, you know substituted for three. I was, I was never going to be able to find those three little lines on my uh, keyboards anywhere. So. Yeah. I have still no idea where they are. Let's talk about battery size. Inside EV says uh, this, and actually it's reporting from some tweets that Elon had, that they do not plan, and that's important, they do not plan for bigger than a 100 kilowatt battery in the S or the X. He said maybe a different story for a pickup or a bus where you might need significantly more um, battery storage. But uh, the Model 3 is not going to get a 100 kilowatt hour battery because he says in a tweet Mm -hmm. it will not fit in the wheelbase. So the question I have is how big a battery will the 3 have? It's been estimated by some people that a 70 kilowatt um, 70 kilowatt hour battery in the Model 3 should get over 300 miles. Tom, how big is the battery going to be? 
I don't know the answer to that question, but he said you couldn't put a hundred. He didn't say you couldn't put a ninety-nine, yeah. or a ninety-five, <laughs> or a ninety in that thing. So if you can get three hundred from a seventy, it would make sense that you could get three fifty-ish out of a ninety in there. And a lot, a lot of people have been talking about how much lighter the Model Three will be. And I just warn folks that yes, it'll be lighter because the battery is smaller, but being made of steel not aluminum, with steel body panels, they're going to add a significant amount of weight. So I'm not sure how much lighter it's actually going to be. And so I give a warning. This is sort of a, we're waiting for inside news. Somebody sent us a uh, an email from the Tesla design studio as to what the actual weight numbers will be. So we can report it first. It just needs to get 230 miles of range, right? That's what it has to get. It, to be competitive with the bolt, you mean? No, that's what he said it was going to get from the from the yeah, jump. Yeah, fifteen. Right? They said, but it'll. Yeah, I, I suspect that their base will now be over two thirty because of the bolt. But again, we've had talked about this a million times. I want one with four hundred miles, maybe five hundred miles one day. Yeah, I mean, it would be great when you're driving in cold weather. If you have to negotiate a lot of altitude, it would be really great to have that additional. Buffer. And, and all of this blow up about the 100 kilowatt battery and the supercharging for life, it's clear that although the th- he has in his head a 100 kilowatt hour battery is enough, I think the people are saying, we want more. Don't stop there. We'll pay more for it. Chuck, you know, 125, 130. Go Lucid Motors on it, Tom. Yeah, but Elon put a hard stop on 100. Nothing's going to get bigger than 100. He says no plans. We can change his mind. Hmm. All right. What's the next story? Um, Green Car Reports has a poll which says uh, to 106 people, and I think our poll was almost that big, how much do you think a fully loaded Model 3 is going to cost? And 32% of people said about uh, under 55,000. 22% said uh, between 55 and 65. And 15% said more than 75,000. This is absolutely useless information. I'm not sure why I put it in and wasted your last 30 seconds. At least it's not alt news. It's just poll results well, for people who have no idea. Right. Just like our poll. <laughs> it's poll results that lead to more poll results. And that leads into a letter we got from Miguel Marquez. And he wants to join our little uh, competition. Mm. And as of right now, a bunch of people have sent us in numbers. And I will tell you this. I can guarantee you not one of us has a list of those names and numbers anywhere to keep track of this. I, I put our numbers down. Our you numbers. Yes. Any of the other well, listener numbers. They all know. think they're in. Now because, we have, <laughs> now because we have so many Patreon subscribers, don't we have staff? Yeah, uh, yeah, we have. Staff. We have like an no. Hour you keep a week. sending your numbers in. He, for example, believes that uh, there's going to be thirty thousand by uh, December. I'm now want to change my number. I think we're going to have a hundred thousand by December. Is that all right? Can I change now? No. Okay, so keep sending in your numbers. <laughs> we're not going to keep track of them, but it is fun. You can keep track at home. He says two thousand by July. My number was at zero. Zero. Yeah. Kai Chung has a very interesting question. He says, look, uh, I can upgrade from a 3G to an LTE cellular network in my Tesla, but it's going to cost $500. Is it worth it? I'm going to tell you my experience, which uh, is basically useless. But my experience was when I went from my old S, (laughs) 3G cellular network, to my new S, 4G LTE cellular network. I can't notice a difference when it comes to the maps, for example. It seems to me... 
and I've heard this before, that the computers that are running the maps are unpowered and so the rendering is pretty slow. I've noticed no difference. So you're saying from your old Model S, which was 3G, yes. to your new Model S, which is LTE, yes. you don't notice a difference. I don't notice a significant in difference. In the loading of the maps. In the loading of the maps specifically. Now, I don't web surf, which maybe Kai was talking about here, because I don't web surf while I'm driving. But I haven't noticed a difference. So I've spent a lot of time on the Tesla website since the middle of December. I have not seen an option to pay an extra $500 to change your web, uh, your, the speed of download in the car. In other words, going from G, 3G to LTE. I have not seen that. And he's talking about a $500 upgrade. Maybe he called the service center. Did you do that? No. Well, I'm just asking. Don't give me that look. Federal possible. This is then. Then this is some sort of an Easter egg we should be reporting on. We should be reporting on it, but we don't know. So uh, Kai, (laughs) tell us how the hell? Who'd you talk to? What's going on? I haven't noticed a difference. Maybe Kai's in another country where it makes a difference and it costs a lot more money. But you know, looking back, remembering back. Let me think. Going back in time. Oh, Tom, that was your cue. Uh, That. (laughs) Sorry, I'll do it for you. Thanks, brother. When the S first came out. Uh, the the idea that your car was 24-7 linked to the internet and that Tesla could watch you and do things with you, et cetera, et cetera, it was, it was phenomenal. That was like the first idea, the first time anybody had seen this. And people said, well, how long is this going to last that we're going to have access to the internet? Because you could browse and download music and listen to podcasts, et cetera, and nobody knew. And then the worry was that Tesla was going to only let this go for like a year and then they were going to start charging you a monthly fee. And this this fear has almost vaporized because they've never gone there again. And of course, they're using the car's data now. So in a sense, you're paying them by giving them access to your data like you do with all these other websites that suck your data. And so that's a that's a good thing. But I was worried when I saw this letter thinking there might be some like rumblings in this sort of issue that has since gone away since 2012-13. Rumbling. Let's talk about federal tax credit. Trevor Page says you're idiots. We are uh, idiots. Stooges. You keep talking about the 200,000 car limit and that we're so close to it, but that is global sales. We are not close to it. But I think, uh, Trevor, even despite that now there are going to be so many S's, uh, X's, uh, sorry, threes this year, we <laughs> wow. will run out of federal tax credit pretty quickly it won't last if three is up and running like they say in july the tax credits will not make it to december but that's okay because the car is still pretty cool it will still be pretty cool and we appreciate everybody keeping us honest we got a couple of emails about this i think the u.s sales numbers are around 120,000. i had actually found a spreadsheet with all of this information and i couldn't find it again that was uh, Gino was also uh, asking about that. Hey, uh, autonomous driving, let's talk about it. Neville Dunn is an Aussie mate. Uh, just as um, a word of uh, service to the Australian said, I got um, my software update to Autopilot 2.0, and uh, he's got a late 2016 Australian delivery. I've got to tell you, here's my update. My lines are still wavy. It's driving me crazy. So I've had two or three updates to the software since I got my new S, and the wavy lines are still as wavy as hell, and it's driving me crazy. The car appears to function okay under autopilot driving, but the wavy lines make you kind of feel ill, and I cannot find anywhere when to expect this over-the-air firmware update. Yeah, I actually... 
buttonholed one of the Tesla service guys online. I had another alert that my tire pressure monitoring system was alarming. And I was like, shit, not again. And they told me that over the air while I'm driving at like 60 miles an hour on the highway, they told me that, yes, one of your tire sensors is not communicating with the main computer. And I was like, awesome. I'm so glad you can tell me that. It makes me have so much faith in Tesla. I said, which one? And he said, I don't know. He says, but I can send the log data to your local service center and they'll call you. This was actually last Monday when we were recording and I was on my way to work. I haven't heard from them since. Um, but I asked him, yes. when will my friend Thank you. who has a Model S yes. with the wavy lines be yes. able to get his pitch? Your friend. My, my friend. Angle. Yes, I have a friend who's got a drip. No, my friend with the pitch issue. Uh, and he said that they don't know yet. Yeah, well, that's uh, for those of you that have wavy lines with your hardware 2.0. I'm sorry. I feel your I feel your pain. <laughs> it, feel it won't be fixed today, Mel, and also it won't be fixed tomorrow. Let us talk about uh, Richard Davies, who has got a thing here about this fully self-driving thing. Remember when I said a few weeks ago, Elon said that in three to six months we're going to have fully autonomous cars, and we've got a number of emails saying no. No, stupid, wrong, bad. <laughs> like another guy that talks like that. And said, this is when the features of autonomous, of sort of uh, full autonomy and autopilot start to differentiate. They start to split apart. But I still say, and we talked about this last week, doesn't that mean if in three to six months there's a divergence from full autonomous driving versus autopilot driving, that that means that full autonomous driving is actually occurring in three to six months? Yes, that's what it means. That's exactly what it means. It's exactly what Elon said. The only thing that's going to stop it is the regulations. Regulations. Let's talk about uh, batteries, gigafactory, and energy storage, and Tesla kills the duck with big batteries. Why did they kill the duck, man? I thought they were vegan. explain what this means. The duck is referring (sighs) to an energy curve, and I put a picture of it, and we'll send it out in the show notes, and basically from about... Uh, bedtime, I don't know what time that is for you, but maybe <laughs> 10, 10, 11 o'clock at night <laughs> till you wake up in the morning around seven o'clock. The energy usage is very flat. And in this curve, this is sort of the net load, I believe, from the California Utility Commission. And they give a megawatts amount and it sort of hovers in this region of like 18 to 20 megawatts, or maybe I'm not sure what the region is, but then the dip it occurs, uh, it drops way down to like 12,000 megawatts at around one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. This is not in the summer. This is sort of a a long-term look. And that is you're away from your home. Uh, All of the activity of getting ready in the morning has stopped. Your home stops drawing power. It goes way down. But this is the time when solar energy production is much higher. And that you obviously didn't have solar energy in, in the middle of the night. And we're talking about solar being a primary source of energy to power the grid. Then, miraculously, at about 5 p.m., the curve starts going near vertical. And by seven o'clock at night, you're up to like 26 megawatts. So a big jump. And then again, it trails off down at bedtime. This is it's because I turned on my crock pot. You've got a <laughs> cooking a big, big meal. So the power consumption has this curve look that looks like a duck. And the problem is always with renewables is how do you power the grid if your renewable power is not 
there. So solar goes away at sunset or actually a couple hours before that. So a uh, wind doesn't always blow. This is why tidal power has a great opportunity for us. The wind's always blown in this room. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So at, at Aliso Viejo, Tesla installed this 396 power packs, which we talked about. And you can watch that video, which I think is great. And the, um, the important thing is that in doing this, the point, this story points out in doing this install within three months, Tesla went from, uh, or, or helped to demonstrate that a solution that was sort of vapor and people said, Oh, you know, well-meaning, uh, high level people in the energy sector said, this is, this is years away. Battery technology is years away. The infrastructure for building this out is years away. And Tesla did it in less than three months. And so what this replaces is the peaker plants, right? This Aliso Vieja was a peaker plant, which means at the spike of the duck's head, they had to they turn on these fact these plants. Sometimes they turn them on for an hour. Sometimes they turn them on for four hours. These plants, because they're not being used a uh, year, all day, twenty four hours a day, they are typically not built very efficiently. They're built kind of cheaply because they're like, we don't need to be super efficient because we're only going to run it for an hour. When you get home from work, you turn on your air conditioner, you want to cool down your house, you turn on your oven, you want to heat up your turkey, whatever you're doing. So this Aliso Viejo was a peaker plant built in the San Fernando Valley, fired by methane, big giant methane leak. Now it's been replaced by 396 power packs, which each are about 210 kilowatts. So basically Tesla just sold 800 cars worth of batteries up the street from where we're standing right now. I personally think this is going to be huge. There, I could not find any data huge. to how many of these peaker plants there are across the country. Thousands. But it makes so much sense for when they either have to get refurbished or go offline or have to get redone that they turn into these kinds of plants because, again, they are perfectly suited for this one hour, super clean jump, four hours is all you need them for, one to four hours, one to five hours. They're super clean, super efficient. Again, neighborhoods could do them, the democratization of energy. And they're actually, that was coming. They're actually better than pico plants because they're instant. Yeah. But the problem is uh, you need a lot of them. So this is a big deal, and this is the fundamental problem with solar energy is that it peaks at the time when you're using the least amount of energy, and it's at its lowest when we need the most. But this also helps regular energy, right? Because the big power plants, right, that run 24-7, yes. when the, the peak goes down, right, they're still having to produce, and a lot of energy sort of goes off into the ether. They can now more efficiently store even regularly made that's not what this particular thing wants to do, although I believe it is grid-tied, right. this 396 power packs, is that they can they can take all that energy that they're making and maybe run the plant a little bit more efficiently because they don't have to push it, push it, push it so high every day. It, it's very, 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 very helpful to the grid to have these things. I think what you're describing is bridge technology. So what these these solar, I'm sorry, these battery power pack installations allow is for the grid to transition to renewable energy. In other words, a big long-term power plant that's been, you know, spewing out lots of CO2 and it's getting old and inefficient. Now, as the battery pack uh, infrastructure builds up, allows energy companies to then transition to solar and other renewables, which are now getting cheaper 
than building a new power plant. So we can just start watching, like maybe we watch the superchargers going uh, online, right? We report that every week. We could now start reporting over the next, I don't know, 15, 20 years, how the big power plants are going out of commission. So we've got a number of articles here about uh, the French nuclear industry and all the stuff. I think we need to skip them because we've got so much else to talk about and we're already two hours in. So let's talk supercharger congestion news. As you know, for example, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, Mel keeps saying that we need to build more superchargers. Add nauseum. Yes, it's true. But, you know, the reason I put this in here is because in Los Angeles, the superchargers are congested. No doubt. There's been pictures and reports in Oxnard, in Culver City, at Hawthorne, that these, you know, at, uh, what is it? Tahoe uh, Ranch. Yeah. They get just completely congested. People are backing up. They're pissed. They're kind of not acting nice to one another. But there was always this one oasis of supercharging, which was in Redondo Beach. It's at this lovely little Hilton Garden Inn. You could park your car. The bathroom is literally yards away. They have water for you. They have a Wi-Fi. It's lovely. They even have food at different times of the day. And now it's full multiple times. And in fact, just a few weeks ago, uh, it was posted here at the Tesla Motors Club forum that the entire place was packed. I threw in a picture with two cars waiting. It's upsetting. We need more superchargers. Now, we did get a release this week. I don't think we talked about it. Where in your car, not on your app yet, in your car, you can click on a supercharger on the little icon. You tap on it, ding, and it'll tell you how many stalls are in use. That is pretty cool. That might help you if you're sort of driving and you don't really need a charge. You're like, ah, oh, that supercharger's full. I'll keep going. Very useful, even more useful when it comes to the app. But it doesn't fix the fundamental problem, which is we need more superchargers. Right, but the supercharger in this particular instance is in front of a hotel. That doesn't lend itself for getting in and getting out. We did get a letter from a gentleman that said, stop building superchargers near movie theaters. Stop building superchargers near places where people want to hang out for two and three hours. Build a supercharger uh, someplace with, like, spiky benches. So you only want to sit there for half an hour. So He didn't put that in his letter. I added that part of it's it. It's actually from Preston Ward, and he's from Texas. And he says exactly what Tom is saying. They put them in places like at, uh, you know, the movie theater and at the football stadium. Or a hotel. Where people are going to plug in and not unplug. But we've fixed that problem with the 40 cents per minute charge. Idle fee. Idle fee. People are going to stop doing that. But it would make more sense in these places where you are going to stop for a long time to just have destination charges. That's true. And we might be able to stop bitching about this when we get the fully, auto Never gonna happen. fully autonomous cars with the charger bot, or as Mel says, the sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. sneaky. Yeah, the mm -hmm. sneaky, sneaky thing. <laughs> the sneaky, sneaky. So you could go to the movies, right? You, you pull up, the supercharger is full. There's like a waiting area nearby. You put your car into, I need to be charged mode. It communicates with all the other Teslas around. There's no fights between the Teslas because they actually are driven by logic and they will unplug, move away, go into the holding area. The ones that have been waiting for charging <laughs> will back in, plug in. This could all be done. And then when you come out from the movies after three hours, your car is all charged. My Tesla will stab yours. What, yeah. uh, what, what movie am I going to? Am I saying Transformers? It's going to be bad. Probably X-Men. Probably uh, X-Men. Yeah, probably. How about uh, uh, Fast and Furious 22? 28. Um, let's talk about um, charges very quickly here. So Navel Ahmed says, Mel, here's a number of different uh, 
chargers that you might want to look at as you're sort of thinking about putting them in your don't studio? Don't get a Tesla charger is what he said. He put this one in here I don't that think has he, some dual charging. I think he's wrong, though. So he's sent me a whole bunch of them. So here's one from um, eMotors. Um, it's uh, the juice box. I've actually got a juice box for in Grandpa's house. So juice box here, 75 amp, 240 volt, fast as a Tesla charger, but it costs $900. He's got another one here. But. Another 80 amp one, 240 volt. Cost two thousand dollars. He's got another one here, Wattzilla, single Wattzilla, which uh, we've seen in a number of different places advertising. Two thousand dollars. Yeah, but that one is like so beefy. You know, it could be operated by gorillas and chewed on by orca whales and still survive. But so I look through all of these, and there's some really interesting charges, and they're coming down in price. But I really don't see anything here that's um, significantly better than a Tesla charger at 550 bucks. So why didn't you put that in your grandpa's place? Because he needed J1777777777777. And I didn't know there was an adapter at the time. Adapter's not out yet, though. You have to go on. Uh, Otherwise, have to I wait would have. for Anthony to, to put it up on uh, All right. whatever The that interesting is. thing about that jukebox, juice box, though, is the, the green power signal thing. Man, that- is that attached to your... To your grandpa's uh, situation? What does this juice box actually do? Yeah. It, this knocks it out of the park. Yeah. It knocks it out of the park, Mel. Which Going park? zero, renewable. So Tell me about what this- it does. <laughs> <laughs> so according to the website, the Juiceware, Juice Box Green is a software suite which monitors and reacts to the instantaneous energy market in your local geolocality tapers off and holds off on your charging based on how dirty the energy is at that moment that moment right so it can attach to the grid and if if it's the evening time and it's all dirty dirty gas fuel coming out of it the, it'll be like yeah i'm not going to charge the car right now if it's in the morning and you're getting this great mix of solar power it's like boom i'm going to charge it right now this is amazing. You didn't see this on the website? You should look at this. Uh, that would require something we call reading. Oh, it's and reading do again. Read. So I'm they very... must be linking to the data from they the are. local power station right. saying the peaker is on or the coal plant's Correct. on or the solar's working. They do exactly that. All right. So for that, I might consider it. But still, the, I'm just saying the Tesla charger is still a very good deal in most cases. Very cheap. In the 14 hours I did spend reading up for the show – as Tom, what did you spend? 16 hours? Oh, my Lord. I know. So what I did catch is that you could put in your location, your zip code for the Juicebox site and check if they have access to the grid management system of your utility. That's what's required for them to be able to modulate when you charge and how much you charge. Because if a coal-fired power plant comes online because it's you know expensive right now, or I should say the demand is high right now, it would then dial down your charging. In my area, not available. Southern California Edison must not share their grid management with the juice box. And I don't know if the DWP was either, but... It did have Los Angeles Metro on there, but I, I didn't bother to put in a bunch of zip codes to check it yeah. out. Now, while we're talking about charges, uh, Green Car Reports has a very important article, which I think you should read, which says, you go on Amazon, you find these really cheap electric car chargers. Just know that not all these chargers have been third-party tested as safe. One of the big things that you have a charger with all this uh, software and stuff in there is so that when you are in a puddle and you put your uh, hand in the, the wet charger and you plug it in your car, you don't get fried. And they say it's really important that you make sure that your charger is certified as safe. There's a couple of different certifications, but UL certification seems to be one Mm -hmm. that is important. Make sure if you buy a cheap one that you don't kill yourself. 
I on trust Amazon. Tesla. I trust Tesla. Exactly. Trevor has a, a question here about uh, 60 kilowatt batteries. We've talked about this a number of times. I'm not sure if we have any more information. If you have a software limited 60 kilowatt uh-huh. hour battery, so it's really a 75 kilowatt hour battery, is it safe to fully charge it all the time because it's not fully charging in reality? So he adds a whole other twist to this question, to be honest with you. So you have a software limited 60. Is it limited on the low end? but not the high end of the battery capacity. I don't really understand what that means. Words, I don't know if they're but but he's implying yeah. that there's a difference. Like some batteries are limited on the high end and some batteries are limited on the low end. So this is exactly what he says. If it's limited on the low end, the battery should not be charged to 100%. Right. But if the limitation is at the high end, then you could. Right. And this makes total sense that's not because what it says, but if if you think back, there was a time when Model S's did not uh, there was an issue. But how would with, you know? That's what I want to know. My question yes. is, how do you how know? How would you know? If you were an electrical engineer and you could read the fluctuations in the amp hours being put out from the car, you could probably tell. Where? Is that someplace you could, like... Oh, my God. There's people on Tesla Motors Forum who can get into the software that Tesla uses to diagnose the car from okay. the touchscreen. And I, I, there's a way to do it. You can look at individual battery modules to see what their charge rate is or what their charge level is. It's, it's pretty amazing. This way, Tesla can figure out if you have enough cells out in a module that they would pull your battery pack and replace that module. It's fascinating. And so this... This is all, you know, engineering, electrical engineering. For normal people, Tom, you can't work it out. It's not possible. <laughs> For make, geeks, you can do it. I couldn't it, work that out. It would make total sense for Good Tesla Lord. to limit it on the low end. In other words, when you have 60 kilowatts of battery, it's actually starting at 15 kilowatts or kilowatt hours. My bad. So it starts at 15 kilowatt hours That and your car reads zero. This way, if you happen to leave your car in a parking lot, not plugged in for like a year or longer, and the battery goes down to zero, it actually doesn't go to zero. It's got a much larger buffer and you won't end up with a bricked car. And you'll remember the stories about bricked cars that we did like a year ago where some guy parked his roadster in a storage unit and didn't plug it in and didn't come back for months. And the roadster battery went down so low that the battery would not take a charge. It was done. And Tesla said they would not replace it. They wanted like 40 grand from him to replace his battery. It was a big firestorm. And this happened to like two or three people. And Tesla has since changed the architecture and the the software around the battery. Okay, so I'm driving around in a low-end software limited to Model S. Yes. Okay. And it's it's reading one mile left. Yes. I got one mile left. I'm like, I'm really close to the supercharger. This happened to somebody that I know recently. Sure. Right? I don't have a software limited one, right? And And it goes to zero. But it has 15% capacity left in the battery, even though it's reading zero. Yes. Is it breaking me right there? And then it it's is. It's not breaking you, but it's over. you will go down to the level. In other words, I've driven as much as like nine or 12 miles past zero. Right. And uh, if, if the car was going to poop out at 15 miles, which mm-hmm. is the number I've heard bandied about, uh-huh. then so would you. The car would say, boop, zero. Right. 
Although it's still got yes. 25 miles Insert of credit card here exactly. and get another That's right. A little warning miles. comes up and says, would you like to take the opportunity to buy that extra? And then what would you say, Tom? Yes. <laughs> when my wife called me and said, my car just asked me for $2,500 more. Yeah, to get me to where the supercharger is or even- A mile away? To my, to my house. I don't even have to supercharge. Get out and push. It would depend on the situation. Yeah, it sounds like it could be a yes. <laughs> Let's talk about supercharger status. Adam Solway says, in Dublin, California, there is a great wall that shows all the superchargers across the world, or at least the top 10, how much supercharging they've done, and uh, why isn't this information available on the app? Because it's so cool. You've seen this thing. Is this the Great Wall of Dublin? The Great Wall of Dublin. They Are build they, a wall. They're building the wall to keep out the non-Tesla drivers? Exactly. Yeah. So I was there a few times, and it's great. They actually used to have this at the Hawthorne Supercharger, a big wide screen, I don't know, 70 inch screen. And it would just cycle between the superchargers. It had a nice uh, top down uh, Google Maps view of the supercharger location. And they would show you all of the, the stalls and how full they were, just like we now see on the Tesla um, navigation app in the car. And it would also tell you like that supercharger is currently number three in the usage and how many billions of, you know, CO2 tons has this thing saved? I'm exaggerating. And it was really cool. And I don't understand. And so, uh, Adam as well, why don't they put this on the website? Why can't we all obsess over this? Oh, Make would. it a screensaver. Yes. How would this not be wonderful? Where the hell is the marketing department on this? <laughs> That is a nerd alert sound. <laughs> oh, it's so obsessively watch that. Oh, my God. Oh, why? How about a supercharger? How, okay. Oh, okay. Go ahead. How many times, Mel, you talk about superchargers yeah. like fucking constantly? Yes. How many times yeah. in the last six months have you plugged the car into a supercharger? Me, personally, not that often. <laughs> why, why are you? You're so worried about shit that does not have anything to do with your life. It's not me that I'm worried about. I always see all those people. No, that's and bullshit. No, listen. About you. <laughs> I'm worried that Tesla is going to get a bad reputation. Don't buy a Tesla because the <laughs> effing superchargers are always full and uh, people are going to be like, nah, they're always full. It's a pain in the ass driving around this thing around. Don't believe them. No, that's why you can't have full superchargers. It's but wrong. But what I'll tell you is the argument for those people is you and your life. Look, the superchargers get busy. That shit happens. Guess what? I love Teslas. I got two of them. I hardly ever use the supercharger. That's the message. No, the message is when somebody says to me, I'm about to get a three and I drive a lot and I'm going to go a lot of places. Uh, I've heard that the superchargers are full all the time. I've got to be able to look that person in the eye and say they're fine. Instead, I'm going to have to lie to them. First off, you have social Fake anxiety. News. You're not looking not at anyone in the eye. That's, right. <laughs> That's but, true. You know what I'm wondering? I'm looking forward when the Model 3s start coming out, I'm wondering how long will it be until the news stations, right? They, they, you listen on the news, don't you, guys? Uh, I listen and they, to the and they say, oh, you know, there's been an accident on the 210 freeway and the traffic's being diverted. Try to avoid the 210 freeway. How long until they're going to start reporting on the local supercharger? And if they put this up on the website, then... Channel 5 News and, you know, whatever 
radio station you listen to when they're doing that, they might actually start reporting when there's hundreds of thousands of Teslas on the road. And this is how they'll report that. Supercharger Just, congestion. Do you remember 1976, 77, 78? This is how they'll report it. They're super freaking long lines at the supercharger. The world is coming to an end. Trust me, you do not... You do not want the local news reporting on your supercharger because some bad has happened to your supercharger. Give us a supercharger update. Tell me that they just built 27 this week. Please, Robert, go. They have opened one. Okay. One. Where and, and, and you're not going to be charging there. It's in Shenzhen, China, which is a pretty cool place. You know, that's where everything comes from, right? That's the center of universe that is tech. So all of your screens, all of your phones, all of your keyboards, all of your laptops, all of your, all of your, all of your, all of your, all of your comes from Shenzhen. And there's a really great article about it. It's called The Best Burger in Shenzhen. And Shenzhen is just inside China from Hong Kong. So it's right next to a huge port. It's a pretty amazing place. It used to be rice paddies, uh, like maybe 40 years ago. And now it's one of the largest cities in the world. There's some photos on this link that was sent. Very, very densely packed community. Yeah, an amazing burger. And this is a great uh, article. <laughs> Just what you need. A billion Chinese people eating the best burger in the world. That no, they, is a lot of cows. They don't. It's like it's like a $17 burger, which is 10 times the average cost of a lunch in Shenzhen, China. So it's really only eaten by the expats who are like homesick. And so this is a really great article about creation and how Shenzhen is more or less like Europe was after World War I, this hub of creativity, but they're not really writing amazing poetry and they're not creating art. They're creating tech. I found after World War I? Yes. And so there's two other uh, superchargers of note. Construction started in Klamath Falls, Oregon. Yay! Yay. And, <laughs> and and they started the permit process in Rock Spring, Wyoming. Da, na, 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 na. Welcome to Rock Springs, Wyoming. Is that because of the word springs? Rock, I uh, think is what Gotcha. Like. And so Rock <laughs> Springs is a really important site because it lessens the gap. You previously could not drive from Salt Lake City to Cheyenne, Wyoming, because it's 708 kilometers. Also, you didn't want to. Why? It's beautiful I'm territory. Sure it's very nice. 440 miles, 708 yeah. kilometers. So this kind of, sh- you know, takes the first third of that route uh, from sh- uh, going eastward. It makes that first third doable. And I expect there'll be another supercharger in that second third in a short period of and time. i suspect there'll be a very long line at both of them <laughs> i don't know Shut these up. are these are far away places <laughs> let's talk about spacex and aerospace because i gotta tell you right now can guys, i leave i need uh, to go it is over two I hours seriously need and to we go. are not halfway no i i warned you Give last us- night edit the out of this dude it's ridiculous i've asked you guys it's not my fault it's your fault all of you i didn't add anything to this document let's go fast let's whip through this really quickly first of all Milo wedzinski says that the first reused rocket is going to get blown up i mean uh, going to go up <laughs> oh, into the air God. on february 17th excellent hyperloop for uh, a communication satellite this is not the one going to the iss yeah which is right. going to go tomorrow Yes, is it? It's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hyperloop, there's a new Hyperloop company, which supposedly is going to be uh, up and running in three years. Arivo. 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 That was started by Bambrogan, or, or isn't it Brogan, Bambrogan? He's my we talked, to, we talked about him before. He was one of the guys who went from Tesla to Hyperloop One. He was one of the inspirational guys who got a bunch of people to come with him and really 
go after the Hyperloop. And then he and all those guys left in a flurry of lawsuits because of all sorts of stuff we've reported on in the past. He's one of the seven co-founders of this new company, and they are gung-ho. They're going to have they're going from seven employees to 80 by year's end, and they plan on having an operational large cargo moving Hyperloop by 2020. Unfortunately, it will be a quarter of a mile long. Um, <laughs> Future Faraday, there's an article here from The Car Connection, which says, I just like to follow this, the future that is Faraday, it really appears to be tanking. Instead of having uh, seven cars, they're only going to have two cars, and they have not been playing their contractors. I think this thing is dead. We've talked about it for weeks. It still appears to be dead. It depends on whether or not the guy's going to infuse them with, a, with some more of his billions of the dollars of the cash. I think the problem is that he doesn't have as many billions as he would like. Yeah, well, I no one has doesn't. as many billions as they would like. I hope he doesn't. I want this to I work. He does it or doesn't? Does have it. I yeah. want more electric vehicles, period. I don't care if there's a thousand electric vehicle manufacturers, as long as we have more electric vehicles on the road. But do you think that these guys are building these companies... Unlike Tesla, Faraday, uh, Lucid, in order to be purchased by, like, they make their technology, come up with something so mind-bendingly awesome mm. that Chevy has no option. Ford, internally, these companies, these car companies suffer internally massively from these legacy design issues with their ice engines they have they just cannot think outside the box right and they need these forward-thinking tech companies and i feel like that's why these companies besides tesla were put together and it's just the other they're just not biting uh you might be correct there let's continue on tesla in the unions this is uh from somebody mm. somebody sent us this well this was reported yeah i'm not sure who sent it to us but it's uh, a fellow and his name is uh in one of the articles uh was alleging that tesla employees are now banding together they want to unionize they've been talking to the united auto workers union because of long hours quote, forced overtime. Mandatory overtime, which they Elon did not deny. He said in a statement that they are working very hard to reduce the amount of mandatory overtime. That kind of sucks. You like overtime. I mean, I get it. I get what they're trying to do, but like they're building it on the backs of their employees. They're getting paid very well, according to Elon, especially if you take into account their stock packages. But and they want to unionize. And I understand Elon's point of view of why they shouldn't. And I understand their point of view of why they should. And he is they're going to walk a very, very fine line. With this. Well, it was interesting because Elon came out pretty aggressive on this. And he has done this before. And he has not been he has not us. But he basically said this guy worked for the union, came to work for Tesla, and now is being a, an agitator. So. And it turns out that he actually did not work for the union. That was incorrect. Hmm. Um, so, uh, well, know, that's we could what talk the union is claiming. Again, the union's claiming he didn't work for. He wasn't getting a paycheck from the union. Elon claimed that he was getting a paycheck for the union and also a paycheck from Tesla and trying to organize. If he wants to organize, if they want to organize, well, they're going to organize. So, I, I don't know. You just got to walk a very fine line. With I agree this. with you, Tom. What I want to bring up about this is that um, some people hate unions. And some people hate industry. And the problem is whenever a union or a company has too much power, when it's too discordant one way or the other, it is human nature that that gets abused. So you've got to do the right line. I believe in unionization. I think that's important. But it's also crazy when unions get too powerful and then they do silly things. So can't we just get along 
and have workers' rights and work hard and get paid an appropriate amount without screwing each other either way. You can, but but again, if you're a worker on the Tesla line and you have now been told you have mandatory overtime requirements, right? Like mandatory means mandatory. That means like if I if I say to my supervisor, I cannot work overtime because I have to go take care of my sick parent or I have to go pick up my kid at school. And he's like, well, that's cool, but you can't work here. We have the word mandatory in there for mm-hmm. a reason. That means you have to do it. You have no recourse. You will lose your job. And I agree. They should unionize because it appears that the uh, balance is moved towards the company, not the uh, individuals. And if you're an individual, you need some help. You have to unionize. I agree. You've got to do that. Elon is going to not like this episode. Well, you see that Tesla began with a lot of incredibly motivated people, but they do have an incredibly high burn rate. There are a lot of people who have left Tesla, both on the engineering side and the manufacturing side, because they can't deal with the pace. And he's doing the same thing at SpaceX. SpaceX was called like one of the highest paced, most stressful uh, organizations to work for. Yes. So uh, unions, good and bad, and Elon, good and bad. David Sell has got a letter here which basically says, just wanted to piss you off a little bit. There is a bill in place to abolish the EPA. Yay! David, thank you. That's That's what I needed is to be more pissed off than (laughs) I am right now. And uh, this, the EPA was founded in 1970. It was a consolidation of a number of federal agencies. The entire point of that was the understanding that modern industrialization was significantly harming the environment and that companies were doing it willy and the nilly and they needed to have some oversight. So why don't we get rid of that? That's a good idea. They were being unfettered assholes is what they were doing. Right. And they were made to stop. And then we created another little thing after that called super funds. Right. And this is Love Canal. We talked about this on multiple episodes. We need to learn from the past. And if you don't learn about yeah. the past, you are doomed to repeat it. People want to get rid of regulations because they're like, oh, it makes it hard to have a business. Regulations also make it hard for businesses to screw them out of us with their dirty crap and not do the right thing why do we uh, we always go to our corners with this stuff yeah stupid regulations are stupid we should not have stupid regulations but regulations that actually do something useful uh we should keep so let's stop talking about regulations bad or companies bad let's just like have a conversation that actually talks about the real issues we should have no stupid regulations no. and lots of good regulations. No, we can't do that in this country anymore. Yeah. We don't. We don't have conversations. We need to have a logical conversation. We talk at people, not to them. That's what why. did you say? We don't talk, talk to me people. like that. Hey, how Shut dare you? The- you know what? Mike Berger has a thing here that says, "Hey, I got my car and I'm uh, using my vault a lot, and it's reducing uh, the amount of CO2 in the air. But you know what? The biggest problem is that the garbage truck driving by my house, which is big and stinky and diesel, and uh, we need more of these. Elon and other companies are working on these. You are correct. Industrial sort of level transportation is a big producer of CO2, and Elon and other people are working on this, but we need to move faster. Yeah, looking back at July, we actually covered this. There's an article uh, about a Tesla co-founder making electric garbage trucks. He's actually converting garbage trucks, and he's doing so for a cost that is less than the actual maintenance of the trucks going forward, and the trucks work great. I don't know how this is rolling out. Maybe we need an update. Sandeep Vora has a very long email here, and one of the things, there is so much we could talk about here, but one of the things I wanted to uh, talk about was how many checks that are done at the end of the production of a car. And I presume this is for everybody, but they said in this I video- think it's two. Which- uh, Two checks. Two checks. Just one check. Uh, car looks good. One car check, drives. One check, one balance. <laughs> That's f- 
funny. Um, there's a great <laughs> video of all the checks that they do on the Tesla, and they say it takes five hours to do all of the checks when a car comes off the line. But, Robert, you say they've shortened that. Yeah, they've streamlined this process. There's a lot more people in quality control. I know when I was there picking up my car in 2013, I watched them do this drive around in the rain in the paint booth kind of thing. And I don't think they're doing all that now because they've gotten it down, right? They might be doing that for the first, I don't know, 10,000 Model 3s that roll off the line. But then they might just give those to employees and say, you're on your own, buddy. Check it out. If a wheel falls off, let us know. I heard that they, they, they speed it up by getting a time machine and uh, they're really doing a great job because if you get the old panoramic roof and you drive at 65 miles an hour it's really loud yeah right so maybe your checks should have picked that up i think the balances were off that day because they had some mandatory overtime the night before you can you can have you have to have the checks and the balances that's like the model x door handles the front door handles how many versions of those have there been i don't know not one not two three Three versions, they've had mm. to revise the door handle. Here's something interesting for you gentlemen. Yes. I doubt it, but go on. The door handles. Yeah. Why do they need to stick out? How about if you walked up to your Tesla and you just went and you pushed it in like a quarter of an inch and the door popped open for like you? Like on the Model X? Yeah. Uh-huh. Why no, but they pop out. On the X? I have an X. The don't door I... handles pop out? Don't they come out? No, they're a button. You just push on it, and the, and the door, door opens. opens. Right. Why didn't they do that to the S? Are they doing that to the new S's? No. Why? I, I think because the S door handles are like one of the top five things people look at and ogle over. Because it comes out. They, Ooh, they love the ridiculous. car. They love the handles, you know and they love the screen. Upsetting to me is that um, I have an S and an X, and I didn't notice there's a difference between the way the door handles you work. You are an idiot. Well, do I need a cat scan? <laughs> is there some form of cream I can put on my brain? Or a salve, a bomb. A bomb. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, this show's been going on forever. I need to leave. Actually leave. I'm leaving. But we've got more letters, I, it doesn't matter. It's, Tom, it's over. Can't. The computer is closed. Tom. The charging Tom. is over. This is how bad and this the can't go. Become. No, this is bull. Look at this. This has to. Sh- this has to end. <laughs> He's really five late. hours yesterday. Really two and a half hours today. <laughs> this show is I so. I love you, people. To death. I literally love you to death. I just but have I can't to ask, this exactly I have to ask you one thing, Tom. I have to go, Tom. <laughs> if, if we do a screening of Dark Star, will you come? If we do one, yes. where are we going to do a screening of We Dark could Star? do a live show where we watch and comment on that movie I think as a live event. Awesome. That would be so fun. Sure. Tom's actually leaving. I'll be there. Oh, yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> Robert left last week. He's Robert had to door. go and save lives. You've just got to go, I don't know, create education. To save lives. Thank oh. you. Just diminish what I do for a living. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, I'm going to continue on while Tom ruffles around in the background and just storms out of the place. That's my This is going to be, I know it, I'm going to call this episode Tom's Leaving. (laughs) That'll be huge. People will lose their Tesla Nation, I love you people. Robert, I love you. Mel, I love you. Make the show shorter. You know what? (laughs) We get hundreds of letters, make the show longer. Here's my letter. No more. (laughs) He's leaving. (laughs) He's walking off. Hey, Google, where's Tom going? (laughs) It's upsetting. Sorry, I don't know how to help with that. Nobody knows how to help with that. No, he's opening like, up the loud door. Oh my god, he's, he's leaving. opening oh, he up the other loud a, door. Has a meeting. He's closing one loud door. Oh, yeah. My I think we should do a poll. Do you want Tom to go to work on Mondays, or do you want him to stay at the Talking Tesla studio all day? Let's continue on. Uh, supercharging rates 
what was this young lad's name? Sundeep was also asking, do we think that supercharging version 3 yes. is going to be free for life? No, because it's not free for life anymore. Yeah, free for life. Nobody's free for life anymore, except those who bought before January 15th and picked up before April 15th, which yet has not occurred. Tim James has another very long email, which I am just going to summarize. And he's from Sydney. And he said, I think, is this the guy? Are you ignoring long emails now? And the answer is, Tim, yes. But he did bring up <laughs> that uh, there is an electric car in the... the du- What's it? How do you pronounce it? Dakar. Dakar. Dakar race. So there are now electric vehicles in that. And you, somebody wrote down here that they've actually run this race with an electric car already. Yeah, no, it finished. And it's amazing. Tom wrote this, but he's not here because he abandoned us. And so the cool thing and what this guy is saying is that, look, once there's going to be autonomous cars on the road, nobody's going to really want to drive. Maybe just a few enthusiasts, but that has no effect on the people who like to do off-road driving and racing because there will not be an autonomous off-road car or vehicle for a long time, if ever. And so he says, why not focus on the off-road market? It's not that big, I don't think. And uh, I don't know what Elon's take is on that. I don't think Elon's done much off-roading. Alan Northcott has a letter here, and there's two parts of it. First of all, he's a Texan who came to California who bought a Bolt who took it back to Texas, and he really likes it. Thank you, Alan. Nice. You're spreading the love. And then he actually criticizes us and says he can't believe the way we talk about the Trump administration. He's suggesting them we're giving them a pass. I'm not sure if you're listening to this show. I say that Trump and Tillerson and these guys are evil. They are bad guys. Let me state it again. These are bad guys. They have no regard for science, no regard for the environment, no regard for the people they say they got in power for, the little guy, at all. They care about themselves. They care about uh, big corporations, and they care about rolling back the EPA. I effing hate these guys. Steve Bannon is a white supremacist. Let's be very clear. He wants to make America a white Christian society. And just if you're a white Christian, you think that's okay. Let's be very clear also that Steve Bannon is a fundamentalist Catholic. So if you're a Protestant, you think I'm going to be okay. You're probably going to get screwed as well. These are bad, bad people. We have to fight them in every turn. And, and I was just talking about this last night. I think that the big picture of this is these are not stupid people, right? They, they may actually regard the climate science and they may actually regard all of the work that had been done by the scientists funded by the federal government. But what that does is it goes against their own personal wishes and their own personal uh, gain. And so they're placing themselves above the rest of us. So that's how narcissism works. And a lot of people who run big companies, nobody, I I don't mean to offend anybody. I'm a narcissist to a degree myself, but those folks who do run big organizations successfully tend to be very narcissistic. And what we need is someone or some entities, people, the power of the people to push back against that so that we don't end up with another Three Mile Island, another Love Canal, more disasters and speeding up climate change. Get uh, busy, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, because protest works. Funding organizations fighting these guys works. I'm going to tell you about one next week. I'm going to be going to Washington to go on a protest about the environment, which I think is really important. We've got an anonymous email here. That is from somebody who uh, builds yeah. the robots that build the cars, and he says, well, and I claims. need to be anonymous, yeah. claims to, that uh, they should have these robots for Model 3 up and running 
within six weeks. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of uh, a cool looking art, uh, letter from somebody, although he notes that the, the robots that he supplies or his company supplies to Tesla are these green robot. I'm sorry, orange robots, but I never saw an orange robot at Tesla. I only saw, I saw red, red ones. And he showed us a picture of one, which actually didn't look like the robots at the Tesla factory. Maybe the new robots come from these guys. But at the same time, the company that he mentions that he works for is not Groman Engineering, which is the company Tesla bought for their robot technology. And those are the, and that supposedly is the company that has supplied all the Tesla robots. So again, we get these letters. I love the letter writers and Tesla Nation. We just have to be careful on what we give to you. Sean Brown has a letter here and he says, keep the podcast long. Oh, you're welcome, Sean. Oh my gosh. He is a Patreon subscriber and has a long commute to school and really loves the show. Um, And I just wanted to use this as a as a letter to remind me to tell you all that I'm going to start doing a Friday or Saturday Patreon audio. So we get so many letters. One of the things we're thinking about is maybe I'll take some of those letters and I'll just sort of read them uh, about midweek and Patreon subscribers can have those and some other content as well. We really are very thankful for our Patreon subscribers. We haven't been doing any much extra for them, but we will from now on. But we love you anyway. And he calls me out. Uh, He was kind of upset that when I was at the SpaceX launch, why didn't I periscope it? And so, you know, when we get another order of magnitude, more Patreon subscribers, I could go to events like this with my own production team that could help me with the photos, the Twitter posts, Instagram posts, the Facebook posts, the video, the Periscope. How many people do we need to cover these events? Uh, apparently, you're going to need a lot of people. Patrick Henry has um, a link here, which we'll put in the show notes about searching for the super battery. Andrew Fontaine says Perth is coming to, I mean, Tesla is coming to Perth, but he wanted the details. Like, Mel, give me the details of this. I have no details. Thank you it very much. It would be great. Although Perth, uh, and I, I put it somewhere in the notes, is actually very close to one of the largest lithium stores on the planet. High-grade lithium, apparently. High-grade lithium, 20, over almost a third of the lithium of the world comes from near Perth, Australia, and most of it goes to China. We need uh, a gigafactory in Perth. We do. And then we could pump out cars and then float them to the rest of Southeast Asia. Uh, Mark Blaylock has a uh, uh, podcast called The Whiskey Topic, and he says uh, we should listen to it. Since I like whiskey, I might. And Tom as well. John Ford, who is our favorite climate denier, says everybody settle down because market forces are in place such that renewable energy is going to win. So just everybody on that stupid topping podcast, everybody calm down. Calm the F down. But, you know, I'm waiting for John to create the Climate Deniers Caucus (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. Oh, no, don't give that idea. No. Eugene Fargenen, range anxiety. <laughs> Farnig. Farnig. He reminds us that uh, the energy display on a Tesla will estimate how much range you've got when you're going a long journey. So there's a number of different ways to set up the display, but it is very important, the one he was suggesting, which is it'll estimate I'm going from my house to Robert's house and I'm going to use, I'm going to have 22% battery by the time I get to Robert's house. Right. You can actually follow the graph as you're going to see, am I using way more than I the car thought it was or I'm using the right amount? I've found it to be very accurate and very useful on long distance driving. You know how you can tell 
if you're driving with somebody in a Tesla and you just get in their Tesla, you want to know how they're really an engineer or a super geek mm -hmm. is because one of the split screens they have always on the energy graph. Yes. I don't know really any other people who do that, but I've got this one guy that I rode along with who's an ex-cryptologist and really interesting dude. And I could couldn't believe it. He's actually watching the energy graph the whole time. And then I see this article and I think, I probably should be doing this when I'm going on long trips. I use, uh, I watch the energy graph on long trips all the time myself. Chris Flickett. Chris Flickett says he wants some turking Tesla swag. This so. must be the, your favorite email because all it says, when will you guys be making a talking Tesla t-shirt? And the answer to that is soon. I think uh, we've had a number of people asking for this stuff. So we'll get busy with it. I want a hat. And William Brown wants to know who's the smartest, and he says it's very clear who's the smartest. It's Elon. And he's traveling all over the world and trying to be more and more green, and he asks, outside of buying a Tesla, yes, what's the greenest thing you can do? And I think that the greenest thing an individual in the Western world can do is basically become as vegetarian as possible because it takes so much energy to make beef. You have to deforest so much stuff to make beef. It uses a lot of water. Then they create a lot of methane gas out of their buttocks. And so I'm trying to do that. And I'm a huge beef eater. I love beef. But I've found that the beef substitutes now are so good, I'm not missing it. I eat beef very rarely now. On Tom's behalf, I'm going to say it actually comes out of their burps, the methane. Oh, I thought it was their buttocks. No, it's the methane from their burps. But the other thing you can do is buy carbon offsets with all of your uh, flying experiences. So, uh, yeah, I do that as well. I use a place and I can't remember the name of it, but I'll tell you about it next week. Pat in Oregon says that you talked about uh, Blue Star, which is the code name for Model 3. You talked about White Star, which is the code name for Model S. There is a movie from the 70s, which is a comedy sci-fi called Dark Star. <laughs> and uh, Robert, I'm with you. I think we should watch this one night. Yes. Live. Yes. With everybody watching. Yes. Drinking, making fun of the movie as we go. Yes. I think it would be a wonderful idea. And then we can order our autonomous Tesla to take us home. Now, Gabor Liedenfrost. Excellent. Says, stop saying espresso. It's espresso. Espresso. Okay. So from now on, we will say espresso. He also wanted to let us know that 50% of the EVs in the United States are in which state? Los Angeles. <laughs> the state of Los Angeles. <laughs> they feel like they're at my house. They're from California. And it's amazing. I've seen so many EVs. It's it's fantastic. In Santa Monica, they built a parking lot and it had like 23 chargers in it spread over like seven floors. It's always full now. Tevin Grant says, uh, thank you for the Talking Tesla sticker. He gave us his address, right? Yeah. And I'm going to send that to him. And then he also talked about front-wheel drive. Just as you said, he was sort of backing you up. Front-wheel drive on a car with a lot of torque is bad because it tends to pull the steering wheel. And it's just a bad idea. Front-wheel driving alone. In addition to a back wheel, that's fine. But alone, no so bueno. You know what's most impressive is? He wants us to sign the sticker. Yes. I've, I've never been asked for my autograph really really except on freaking checks for goddamn irs <laughs> and everybody else who's going to waste my money but we skipped over the reddit.com slash r slash tesla motors reddit subreddit yeah so and go I to reddit so that's something cool we can all learn to use it it's a great communications tool Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is by far the longest talking tesla in talking tesla history so long that tom stormed out yeah he was upset i have tom I'm missing Tom. I'm missing Tom too. Robert, I would like to thank you for staying. Yes, I have nothing better to do. I'd like to thank myself for staying. Yes. And I'd like to thank Tom for staying for most of it. 
this is the end of Talking Tesla as you know it. We'll see you next week. Oh, and I've got to say, hey, I did a going zero. I put it in last week's show. Nobody commented. Was it that bad? I need some feedback, people. Give me some feedback. Talk to you next week. Out. Talking Tesla is a production of Fooliboo Incorporated. Produced by Mel Herbert and CeCe Herbert. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wilson, and Robert Rosenblum. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. If you love the show, write us a review on iTunes.